What's up, buddy? How you doing? Hey, Kellen. What's up? Nothing much. How have you been? Good. Good. How are you? Pretty good. We're actually doing this in the same room. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Um, okay. So what have you been doing the last year? Same old, same old. You know, just playing hockey, listening to music, being a dad. Hell yeah. See any good movies lately? Yeah. Yeah. Um, trying to think. What have I seen? I mean, I'm watching shit every day on Shudder. Um, Hell yeah, dude. I've been real into... I like the new, the final episode of Creep Show. That was fun. Watched, oh, I watched that yesterday with uh, Justin Long. That was a good time. Justin Long's in it. Yeah, he's a star. Is this season two still, or is this three? Uh, this is the last episode of season two. Okay. Uh, cool. They cut it short. I guess uh, Marilyn Manson was in one, and when uh, all that shit went down, they cut that episode. So it's only five now. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I watched the the last one aired yesterday. It was pretty good. I only uh, caught the first couple of the first season, but I was digging it. I think it gets better. The first season was okay, in my opinion. That's what I was thinking. I thought it was a little boring. Yeah, but... it was. It feels like they had a little more money. They got some guests. Uh, some of the ideas just grabbed me a little more. I was, I was into this season a lot more. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Like any new movies, like in the theaters or anything? Uh, I have not been to a theater, no. Um, oh, you went to the drive-in the other day, though. Yeah, yeah. I took my kids to the drive-in. We saw Tom and Jerry. That was fun. Yeah. How was that? It was fun. Uh, it felt like the 90s cartoons. It reminded me kind of like Space Jam-ish. Like, I oh, had, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're two and one, so you know they were just crazy the whole night, so mm-hmm. I didn't really get to watch it, but mm-hmm. from the parts I saw, it was fun. Are you excited for that new Space Jam? I didn't even know there was one. Yeah, there's a crazy one coming out in July. That They just released the trailer, I think, a week ago. Is Michael Jordan in it? I don't, I don't even know who's or in it. Or like some NBA star? I th- yeah isn't it like i think it's lebron james oh sweet yeah uh, no i didn't know about that but i will definitely check that out yeah it's gonna be fun cool so how did you get into the music scene originally uh music i just i've been into music since i was a kid and i got into punk probably like when i was like 11 or 12 um you know i like tony hawk and i just liked <laughs> what i heard on the radio like blink and some 41 and stuff hell yeah and um i got a lot of my mom's sister lives in california so i got a lot of cousins um, that are a couple years older than me that I kind of looked up to growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, so they kind of showed me some of the West Coast stuff, no effects, rancid. And then I skateboarded as well. So I met some kids through skateboarding who showed me like 
my first punk records when I was like 11, 12, and it just kind of blossomed from there. Oh, hell yeah. So you're by Tony Hawk, you were talking about the pro skater games, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, every kid of my generation played those. And know? they had the best soundtracks, Fuck dude. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I oh. still listen to half those bands today. It's funny, like, I can name every single band on yeah. the first two, <laughs> and like, I listen to all those bands' discographies now. I didn't at the time, but like, it's just funny to show like what an influence that game had on me. Oh, ridiculous. Pro Skater 3 was my favorite, personally. I like 3. I like 4. I even like the first Underground, but uh, 1 yeah. and 2 were like, at that time i was so young like yeah they were by the time four and underground came out i had already been well into punk rock so Mm -hmm. i knew about those bands already as of one and two like i never heard any of those songs before so it opened Mm -hmm. so many doors and and then i started telling my cousins about it and they were like oh you know here's the whole record oh you like Mm -hmm. this band you like that band and then i got into skateboarding through that and i met punk kids through that and they showed me my first record stuff like that Mm -hmm. tony hawk's such a beast that yeah. dude's taken so many hits, like been to so many hospitals. <laughs> so did you have a musical family growing up? No, not really. I mean, no. like we didn't have any musical talent, but I mean, yeah, I was super into music. My cousins were skateboarding into music. Mm-hmm. Um, no, not really. It's it more so my own thing. I kind of got into it, showed my little brother all the music I was discovering. Mm-hmm. You play any instruments yourself? I mean, I can play like like tabs i can like play yeah. a handful of song songs on guitar but like yeah. i never really stuck with it i took a guitar class in high school because i needed a music credit mm-hmm. um but no i never stuck with it yeah that's kind of why i got into like the record label and booking shows just because i was around it and i wanted to be involved with it and i had no musical talent whatsoever hell yeah dude so you were born in buffalo and then you moved to california yeah yeah so growing up like i said i had my mom's sister lived in california okay my mom would ship me out there every summer so i i went to California, I don't know, six, seven, maybe like four or five times before I turned 18. Mm-hmm. And when I turned 18, graduated high school, I moved out there on my own, uh, spent about a year out there. Damn, dude. Mm-hmm. So what was it like in California? It was awesome. It was, I was living the dream, but uh, I was just a kid. Like I was like working when I first moved there, I was working at Subway and then I got another like crappy job out there. And I basically saved up a bunch of money, moved to California, ran out of money, uh, came back home. So like, but it was cool. I met a bunch of kids out there. I, went to a bunch of shows i went to disneyland all the time yeah i made a really a really juvenile joke about jared from subway on the last episode <laughs> and it was it was crazy i couldn't stop laughing um so when did you start booking bands uh so i moved back from california um kept going to shows mm-hmm. um i actually i was traveling a little bit to go see shows like the music i liked wasn't really coming to buffalo um, yeah i was real into like at the time drive through records had just like come to an end. So a lot of those bands weren't really popping anymore. They were starting to break up mm-hmm. and I was really into like emo, but like kind of the more punky side of things. Like um, mm-hmm. I really liked get up kids, the movie life, stuff like that. And I could see like a new wave of that coming back bands, mm-hmm. like the wonder years Four Year strong. They, they had that kind of like gritty pop punk, but a little like heavier. Yeah. And uh, they weren't coming here. So me and my buddy, Andy, we would, we would always go to like, cleveland syracuse new york city wherever to see shows and we went on like a little weekend bender mm-hmm. we did philly which uh this band called the ergs played a record shop and the opening bands were um the wonder years who we were going to see yeah. and uh this band called bangerang uh the singer eventually became daylight became super heaven Hell but it yeah. was like a bunch of like i was in doylestown i think this is what it's called pennsylvania it's like right outside philly siren records i think it was mm-hmm. and then the next day we went to new jersey we saw uh, excuse me we saw lawrence arms with hot water music oh wow and then we went to like a little vfw hall on sunday in like upstate new york it was uh four years strong and one year years again Damn. And, uh 
you know, this was like probably like uh, maybe 2008 ish, 2008. Yeah. And all they had was like about to get fruit punched and <laughs> uh, four year strong had that, like, I think it was self-titled. Mm-hmm. Um, it just t- sounded totally different than how they sound now. But anyways, yeah, I, you know, I started talking to the bands a little bit, telling them how I like them, how I want to come to Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And uh, Soupy from the one years was like, um, Oh yeah. Yeah. We'd love to come to Buffalo. You should book it. And I was just like, Oh yeah, sure. Whatever. I never booked a show. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and then I went home and like, that was it. And like a month later he found me on MySpace and uh, like messaged me. He was like, Hey man, like we met in Philly last week, last month, like uh, we're going to be in Buffalo this summer. Like you want to book the show? And I was just like, uh, wow. what? and I, I like told him I would. So I didn't want to like go yeah. back on my words. So I was like, yeah, sure. I got to like book a show. And uh, so I set the show up. I had no idea what I was doing. I made it like a barbecue slash show. So I was like selling <laughs> the way I saw it. I was like, I'll buy all this food at like all these for super cheap. Yeah. And then I'll be able to feed the band and I'll sell hot dogs for like a dollar. And then I'll raise like another 30, 40 bucks. And then not only can I feed the band, but I can give the band a little extra money. Wow. I, you know, I booked it at a house. And uh, which area of Buffalo is this? I was on Elmwood. It was called 1032 Elmwood. It's called the attic. Oh, shit. And uh, probably like 50 kids came. And uh, that was my first show and it went really well. 50 kids came. Yeah. My buddy lived Damn. in like this um, four unit and uh, yeah. they had like a big attic space above the whole thing. And like, we weren't really supposed to go up there, but mm-hmm. like he had a key to get in there somehow. So I was like, yo, we could do like a sick show up here. Yeah. And uh, the bands probably fucking hated it. Cause load in was like this skinny little hallway and you had to go up like above two apartments into the attics, like six flights of stairs. Wow. I just remember like trying to get base cabs up there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it went really well. You know, we everything was run out of like sketchy ass like uh, uh, extension cords with like a PA system and we were blowing fuses left and right. But uh, yeah. but it was fun, man. I mean, it grew from there. I did probably 10 shows there before the cops shut that down. Oh, shit. So what other what other bands did you do over the years? After uh, that? So the first show was Wonder Years and I met I Call Fives through that. Yeah. And then we did I Call Fives um, living with lions fireworks we are the union and then the show started growing we started doing them at like clubs because they were just too big for uh you know basements at that time mm-hmm. but like through that i met you know transit make doing men joyce manor daylight uh man overboard the swellers this time next year this time next year yeah maker i think you already um, said such gold such gold yeah i've been friends with such gold through their previous band mm-hmm. so when such gold popped up they hit me up and were like yo like put us on a show and they knew i was doing like kind of the only guy doing that pop punk shit because at the time like, yeah you know the bigger promoting companies didn't give a fuck because it wasn't making money yet yeah and um they were like oh we're, we're starting a band like this like put us on a show mm-hmm. i think i did their first show outside of buffalo and i don't even think ben was the singer yet wow uh, i was friends with Devin. Devin used to play the drummer Devin. yeah he used to play in a band called museums okay and then nate used to play in a hardcore band called uh heavy handed or heavy hearted okay i think it was nate one of the guys was in heavy hearted um you know, I had known them just through going to those shows. Yeah. I booked some of their first shows. I met them. I went on tour with them a handful of times. Mm-hmm. So I've known those guys since the very beginning. Oh, wow. So, so then you, you ended up doing that from 2008 to 2012. Yep. Yeah. I booked shows. Uh, I was doing like trying to do like one a month for a couple of years. Wow. That's crazy. Maybe, maybe like one every other month. And, uh, when I moved to Boston, I just knew I'd have to like start over again mm-hmm. and like, you know, get all, my grassroots all over again. It, it, shows were like really stressful. I was like pulling my hair out and like it was yeah. getting to the point where like my shows were like blowing up mm-hmm. and like uh, bigger booking uh, companies were trying to take them 
and it was just a lot of stress and a lot of politics of like keeping relationships with the booking agents. Yeah. And I was just like not really enjoying it that much. So when I moved over, moved out of town, I was like, you know, this is probably a good time to just be done with that part of my life. Mm -hmm. So I didn't, I stopped booking shows when I moved away. And you also told me before we did this interview that you ended up getting Joyce Manor as the last band. Yeah. Yeah. So I was working. What were you saying? Sorry. No, yeah. You just tell us about how you, you ended up staying a little longer to book that show. Uh, yeah, I was a huge fan of Joyce Manor right from the beginning. So when yeah. I was working with their agent, uh, they had the same agent who was doing like fireworks, I think. So that's how I knew their agent. Mm-hmm. And um, he asked me like, you know, you have any interest in doing uh, Joyce Manor? And I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Like, I love that band. Yeah. And uh, uh, he gave me the date and I was like, oh shit. Like I already had everything set up to like move to Boston. Like I had mm-hmm. left my apartment, I had left my job and I was supposed to leave um, August 1st, 2012. Mm-hmm. And the show was like August 10th or something wow. and i was just like ma like i gotta like live in the spare bedroom for like 10 days because i want to do this show yeah and like and normally i like hook all the bands up they usually stay with me but like i was like guys like i don't even have a place you can't even stay with me right yeah. now <laughs> but uh, we did the show and i like packed my truck it was like ready to go like i had a 24 foot uh budget truck with like a, a my car on the back and all my shit in it it was ready to go i went to the show did the show mm-hmm. got home at like two in the morning went to sleep got up at like 6 a.m., got in the car and drove to Boston and never came back. Like <laughs> That was the last thing I did in Buffalo. No regrets. No, it was awesome. And I, the the venue I did it at was like a really uh, well-established like DIY spot. It was called the Funeral Home. I don't know if you ever went there. Oh, the Buffalo one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And they have since gone away. Um, yeah. So I was really glad I got to do something there. And, you know, that was a cool spot. They did those crazy every time I die shows there. Yeah, they did uh, Title Fight played there. Yeah. I did Joyce Manor. There was like a room there they had pictures of all the bands that had ever played there. Oh, wow. And you could like, like, like Polaroids, like they would take it and put it on the wall. Yeah. And it was really cool. I could spend like an hour looking at all those. Was photos. there like no rules there? Because I've seen videos and that place was just ape shit crazy. I mean, it was just literally an abandoned funeral home. So like, think about a room where you would have like the wake just with nothing in it. They built yeah. a little stage. It was a huge spot. Holy and like, shit. you know, they didn't have any sound permits or anything. It wasn't legit. And uh Yeah you know they they, diy they diy'd it until it got too big for its own good and then it just got shut down i think the kid who was living there either got kicked out or just got stopped doing it i don't know i don't think it's a venue at all anymore i wonder if like their last show got canceled just because of that it was after i moved away i'm not sure but um that was the only time i ever got to do anything there and then when i moved to boston by the time i came home it was it was already closed down so where did you meet the guys in mom jeans because i know you're friends with them um yeah definitely uh eric and brett are homies of mine bart um anyways mm-hmm. so i know the dudes in sports and they did um okay. a tour with mom jeans and uh they stayed at my house and i really liked their shit and i was like oh well, i'll put a record out for you and they had just signed to um counterintuitive so they ended up doing all their records with them but i just became friends with them yeah. um just through touring and now every time they come through and their band those guys are in like fucking 10 different bands like just friends mom mm-hmm. jeans they all trade members so anytime any of those bands are on the road grad life's another one yeah they hit me up and they're like oh it's me and this band today like can we crash at your place and yeah just become friends with them and you know and i, I don't go on tour with them but usually if they have a toronto date they'll like you know buffalo's mm-hmm. not far from toronto they'll stay with me mm-hmm. i'll drive up to toronto with them and then we'll go to the show and then we'll drive back and you know we'll just keep all their shit at my house keep all their uh marijuana i guess you could say yeah <laughs> so they don't have to cross the border with all that stuff speaking of that i'll never forget when we went across the border and we ran into those guys <laughs> oh yeah yeah we don't know it was uh, oh so yeah we saw but it was the same tour right yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah we yeah. were like at the fucking border 
and I look over, I'm like, yo, that's Jade. Like that's fucking Oso. Yeah. And I don't like, I didn't know those guys at that time. Yeah. I, I know them a little now. We knew them as like the band, but I know who they were, but like yeah. we weren't friends. Like they didn't know me. And yeah. I like fucking, we just rolled the window down. I was like, yo, fucking state lines. Yeah. That's, that's his first <laughs> band that I like really liked. And, uh, yeah, it was, it's just so funny to like see a band that I'm going to see yeah. in Toronto, like next to me. At it the, was so weird. Just waiting at the border. What was that? Oh, so, oh, so, uh, tiny moving parts and mom jeans and mom jeans. Yeah. That was a good show. Yeah, it was fun. That was fun. And tiny moving parts stayed at your house that night before too. Uh, I think. I don't think they, I, I don't know. I can't remember. I don't think they stayed with me. They, I thought they, they did. They, they, dropped, yeah. they dropped some, um, goodies off at my house as well. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. But, uh, I don't know if they stayed with me. I can't really remember. Oh, Maybe they did. I don't know. There's always bands just coming in, coming out. You know how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> The old routine. Yeah. So you booked bands until like 2012 ish, but when did your la- label start up? So right in the middle, um, I, you know, I had been meeting all these bands, mm-hmm. um, booking all these bands. Uh, so yeah, let's just tell you how the label started. So basically, um, I was riding my bike to a fireworks show. I just got out of work. Wait, wait, wait. You were riding your bike to a fireworks show. Yeah. It was out there playing the town ballroom. I That's was, hilarious. I, I was working at, uh, the co-op at the time I was riding down yeah. Elmwood and I turned down Bryant for some reason. I can't remember why I was going that way, but yeah. turned down Bryant. And if you're not familiar, it's like a kind of a narrow city road and there's cars that park on both sides. Yeah. So I was like, you know, abiding traffic, going the way of traffic mm-hmm. off to the side. There was a car coming behind me and there was a car coming towards me. So the guy behind me couldn't get around me until the car passed. Yeah. And he was laying his horn on like being an asshole. I turned around and I was just kind of like looking at him like, what, what do you want me to do? <laughs> He got up next to me and he starts running his fucking mouth. And I got like, I was pissed. I, you know, let my anger take over. (laughs) So we get, we get a stop sign. I fucking go next to him in the driver's seat. He's fucking threatening me. I spit a loogie in his face. (laughs) What? Yeah, dude, I was pissed. (laughs) What? Yeah. So I get him like square in the fucking eye. I I cut down a one way, the wrong way. I see him follow me. I'm like, oh, fuck. I go up on the sidewalk. I see his car go up on the sidewalk. I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, shit. He fucking makes contact with me in the middle of this yard. My bike goes under the butt, under the car. I'm on the hood. Yeah. Crashes into like a like a fence. Yeah. It doesn't crash, but like buckles into a fence. Yeah. I'm like bleeding at this point and like kind of limping. I get off the fucking damn. I get off the hood and I'm like running. He's like, I'll fucking kill you. This is all outside like a restaurant. The dude like on a smoke break from the restaurant's like, yeah, I'm calling the police. Yeah, please show up. Blah, blah, blah. Long story short, I end up needing to get a lawyer because I had to take a a fucking um, like ambulance ride to get my leg checked out, get an x-ray. Yeah. And my bike was shot. So I, I just wanted to get that stuff covered so that it didn't come out of pocket. Well, we settled outside of court. They got me a new bike. They paid my medical bills. I got $2,000 was my settlement, like nothing at all. Wow. But, but like I had this money that I didn't know what to do with. I didn't expect <laughs> to get this money. Yeah. So I think that at the time I was, um, when I just got the check, I was booking, I call fives and I was talking to them about it. And they're like, what are you gonna do with the money? I was like, I have no fucking idea. I was like, I kind of want to put a record out. Like I always wanted to do that. I was a huge record collector. Yeah. And we were just talking and they were like, you know, we, we started talking. I was supposed to put out um, first things first. Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah, like, let's do it. Put out first things first. I was like, all right, let's yeah. fucking do it. So I, I contacted their manager and the guy who owned the rights to the music. Um, we started like getting the ball rolling. And um, in the meantime, uh, I can't remember the name of the singer. He quit. And mm. the manager's like, yo, like, we're not really trying to like push this right now. Like we got a new guy coming in and uh, he, uh, sorry, we got a new guy coming in. We're going to write new songs with him. Um, it's going to be out on no sleep records. Like they signed a deal with no sleep, but no mm-hmm. sleep doesn't want to do the vinyl. Like, do you want to do the vinyl? 
Oh. And I was like, yo, I got all this money. I'm friends with these kids. Like, I'd love to do it. Mm-hmm. So they put me in touch with Chris from No Sleep. And, uh, you know, Chris hooked me up hardcore. He didn't charge me anything. He was just like, give, oh, me, sick. give me like 50 copies of the records to sell. Give the band like another 50. And then you sell the other 400. Like, mm-hmm. like uh, and then you just try to break even on it. And he helped me with like all the PR stuff, like all the promotions. He didn't, he pushed like Broken Rims doing vinyl. And he didn't, uh, oh, he didn't charge me for any of that. He helped me with a lot of my digital stuff. Because before he ran, mm-hmm. ran No Sleep, he was like a digital artist. He did a lot of stuff for like um, uh, Death Wish records and stuff. Okay. So, you know, he helped me with my first couple of releases. Uh, I ended up doing Bad Advice. That was the first record I put out. Hell yeah. And then from there, I was, I did a split. The next record I did, I was not a, that was the only record I ever licensed. After that, it was all stuff that I found on my own. And yeah, um, I did splits like band. I was friends with all these bands. So I was like, yo, let's like, let's do a split, like do a couple songs with my label. I'll pay for you to record. And mm-hmm. that's just kind of how it happened. There was supposed to be an I Call Five split, right? There is. So it was supposed to be, it was actually supposed to be Wonder Years, I Call Fives. That's what it was. Yeah. Okay. And um, uh, the Wonder Years. So in the meantime of starting my label, yeah, I like con- I had like plans for the few, first few releases and I contacted the Wonder Years, Soupy, who I knew. And I was like, yo, let's do a split. He was all about it. He thought it was a cool idea. Yeah. I was like, all right, let me go get like everything situated. I got to get a logo, a website. I got to get everything lined up. I, it was like a registered business, all that shit. And then I'll come back to you. So mm-hmm. this ended up what I thought would take a couple weeks, took like almost a year. Oh, uh, shit. The guy I hired to do it was more like a friend who was like doing it for super cheap, but I like got super backburnered. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that year, the upsides came out. So the band blew the fuck uh. up and then like putting out a seven inch for like their friend's new label was like very low on their priority list. Yeah. So when like push came to shove and I was like, all right, I got everything lined up. Let's go. They're just like, dude, like we can't like, there's so much shit going on right now. Our band is like yeah. blowing the fuck up. Well, I call fives was already like, I already paid them to like go record. I think they already had their songs into me. Oh, so I was shit. like scrambling to find someone. I was living with the singer of Rust Belt Lights at the time. Zach was my roommate. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, yo, they just signed a paper in plastic. Like they're starting to, you know, get a little hype. Like you want to do like an I call fives Rust Belt split. Mm-hmm. And the band was actually doing a tour together. So it just worked out organically. That yeah, became that the split. Um, the third release was turnover. I took a chance on turnover, which was a home run. Mm-hmm. And that kind of like, um, started bringing attention in and then, mm-hmm. you know, four, five, six, seven just turned into 21 records. Yeah. That still blows my mind that you did the turnover one. Yeah. I just found them on Facebook, dude. They That's had like, crazy. I think 600 likes. My buddy was like, Hey, I think you'd like this band. And I checked yeah. them out and I like never signed a band. I didn't know. Like yeah. I lived with, I call, or I lived with Rust lights. I was friends with, I call fives. So like, I didn't, I never met these guys. I just hit them up like, yeah. Hey, this is what I am. This is what I'm trying to do. Like, mm-hmm. can I put your record out? And I didn't know how to like do any of that. And uh, they were like, yeah, sure. And uh, it, it did really <laughs> well. Like I, I ended up booking their first tour. Like um, they were like, well, yeah, well, they were like, what can you do for us? And, you know, we were talking about like, I can make your merch. I can do this, whatever you need. And they're like, we don't really know how to book our tours. And I was like, All right, I'll mm-hmm. book your tour. I had no fucking idea how to book a tour. Yeah. But I did. I booked like a 20 day tour for them. And that's how I met them and gave them all the records. They went to, through a pretty drastic uh, sound change. Yeah, yeah, the they're they're a totally different band than they were when I met them. Um, what was that like, punkish? Like, yeah, what? it used to be like 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 I was just saying, like the old school drive through, like fast emo stuff. Yeah. Um, and now they're I don't know what you would even call that. Um, sound waves, Fucking sound noise, bong, bong ripping, like it's just totally different. Psychedelic. Uh, it's not shit. the same members anymore. Yeah. And they're they're also super young when I met them. They were like, some of them were still in high school. Like Casey. Oh, wow could only tour in the summer because he was in high school still. Is that the bass player? Uh, the drummer. Drummer, okay. Uh, so like, you know, they were, they were fucking kids. So now that yeah. like they're adults and know who they are and 
different people, different members. They're writing different songs. They're, they're not the same band anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. So after you took over the music scene in Buffalo, when did you move to Boston? So uh, my girlfriend at the time uh, dropped a bomb on me saying she got an internship with her ideal company that's based out of Boston. Mm -hmm. uh, she's going to move away for the summer. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool, cool. See you when you get back. <laughs> she comes back and she's like, oh, they offered me a full time gig. And I was like, oh, oh fuck. And I had only been with her like, I don't know, three years. Mm -hmm. She's like, you want to come with me? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I got a lot going on here. Like, I'm booking shows and like, I'm, I was, in, <laughs> I was in school. Yeah. Uh, she had to finish her master's degree. That was part of the arrangement. And then okay. after she got that done, she could, she, the job was waiting. So it was a one year program. So I had one year to figure out, like, am I going to Boston with this chick or like, am I yeah. breaking up and like doing my own thing? Uh, I ended up going to Boston with her. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, she, she left a year after that. And I was like halfway through my degree. So I was like, uh, I'm going to stay here and finish it. We did long distance for about a year. Mm -hmm. I finished my degree and then I moved away. Wow. Yeah. So she dragged me there for her job. Was it tough doing a long distance? Yeah. It was fucking horrible. Yeah. How often were you guys meeting up? Uh, in the year we did it, I think we saw each other in like three or four times. Wow. That's it, it. it was fucking horrible. I hated it, but you know, I was going to, I was so fucking busy, dude. I was going to school three days a week, working five days a week, interning one day a week volunteering one day a week shit i was running the record label so it's like 2011 um sound about right yeah maybe yeah yeah it sounds right um running the record label it's like my, my day was i would wake up at fucking 6 a.m yeah study on the way to class get to class at like seven go to class to like two get home fucking work two to ten that yeah. was my four my eight days a week i did two to ten or five days a week eight hour shifts um then from like ten to like midnight or so maybe one in the morning i would like scramble to do any homework or work on any of the shows i had coming like print flyers deal with all those emails yeah. do all the record label bullshit sleep like midnight to six get up do it again and it was wow. fun. so like i didn't even have time even if brandy was next to me yeah i wouldn't have seen her so like my life was fucking hell but uh you, you didn't know, have time to listen to music or anything <laughs> i was well i listen to music all day at work oh, okay but That's but cool. like what i'm saying is even though we were long distance i was i was so busy i couldn't even stop to think about it like yeah you know i was i was doing so much shit and then when i moved i kind of stopped doing the shows mm -hmm. just focused on the label focused more on my career my school was behind me mm -hmm. so so i was a lot more relaxed in 2012 i mean kind with, of i was bit. then i then it became 100 career so mm -hmm. like i was trying to just get a job so i was working zookeeping right yeah yeah so i got a degree in animal management and mm -hmm. i wanted to be a zookeeper um and then i was volunteering the, the way to get into zoo is so hard you have to start with volunteer work really then you get seasonal work then you get like full-time gig so I, <laughs> I was working as a vet tech just to like pay my bills and mm -hmm. like try to get my dream job so the vet tech sucked i was doing that five days a week i was volunteering one day a week mm -hmm. at the zoo to get my name in then the zoo springtime rolled around and when they were like oh we're gonna hire our seasonal keepers uh since i volunteered and they knew me i got an interview i got the job so i did like a seasonal zookeeping they hired me in may to do a exhibit that opened and then they let me go in september when they closed it down for the season and then i had to go back to my other job so i couldn't quit the vet job because i needed something in the winter so mm -hmm. i was doing the zoo five days a week once they hired me and the vet two days a week so mm -hmm. i was working seven days a week then the i go back to the vet in the fall and I uh, do the zoo volunteer one, two days a week or one day a week, whatever. And I did this for fucking three years and it was Holy a nightmare. Shit. And eventually I got so sick of vet teching that I took a job in research and I just stuck that out and didn't go back to the zoo. Wow. But I worked like seven days a week for almost three years straight. It was, it was hard. Did you pick up a lot of shit there? 
at the zoo. Yeah. That's all you do. <laughs> I mean, I mean th- there's some sweet stuff like animal training and, yeah. you know, educating kids and shit. That's fun. But that's probably like 20% of your job. 80% you're like yeah. a glorified janitor, like land landscaper. You just clean up after animals. And you were telling me the other day we went to the, the Buffalo Zoo. You said the zoos are pretty close, similar. Yeah. Yeah. They're both super old zoos. Um, mm-hmm. I think Buffalo Zoo, I want to say, is the third oldest in the country. And I want to really? say Boston's that. fifth. Yeah, yeah. The zoo uh, was like 1890, I want to say it was built. Is the uh, Bronx one older? No. I want to say Philly's the oldest. Central Park is second, wow. I think. I don't know. You can look it up. But uh, yeah, yeah. the Bronx is, is, is it? The Bronx is also an old zoo, but it, yeah. um, Buffalo's a little older. It was built for like the Pan American Express and uh, the Bear Pits were like the first exhibit. Yeah, wow. And they got rid of our uh, elephants, which kind of sucks. Yeah, they sent them to Florida. The, the exhibit was just so old. I mean, it was like super outdated. So like, you know, they it wasn't up to today's standards. It wasn't really good for elephants. Like in mm-hmm. the summer, it was fine. But in the winter, like they just didn't have the housing to house them. So rather than rebuild it because they don't really have the space, uh, they sent them to Florida where they have a really big exhibit down there, I guess. Do you think they make enough money at the Buffalo Zoo to keep it going, or is it kind of tough for them? I mean, zoos aren't really profitable. They're non-for-profits. A lot of them are uh, owned by the city. A lot of them get yeah. grants and stuff. Um, you know, I don't think they'll ever go away. The same with like libraries. You know, like libraries cost a lot of money to run, but they don't. Yeah. They don't make money. Uh, it's not really viewed as a business. So most of that money probably goes towards the employees and cleaning the place. Well, feeding the animals, feeding educating. The animals. I mean, it's not yeah. cheap to feed animals, and like, yeah, no. you know, the the idea of a zoo is to educate in mm-hmm. conservation you want to put animals back in the wild like that's not mm-hmm. cheap either like the mm-hmm. whole breeding and getting them there and stuff like that so mm-hmm. they're, they're are they profitable no i mean no. buffalo isn't maybe some zoos are but they they don't need to be there that's not their they're not a business so what was it like living in boston oh boston was sweet i loved it um i mean sports there are on another fucking level that's the yeah. city, of, city of champions of course I, I think i was there five years and i think every single year either the Patriots, yeah. the Red Sox, or the Bruins had won a championship. That's crazy. That's insane. I've been a Sabres fan and a Bills fan my whole life. I've never seen a championship. Yeah. I moved to Boston for four years, and there's one every year on there, five years, whatever. Um, Did you attend any of them? No. I mean, those are super expensive. So expensive. To, to go yeah. to that. I went to tons of Red Sox and Bruins games, but like, yeah. not playoffs. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm a Sabres fan, so like, I'm not paying yeah. $300 to sit in a nosebleed to watch the Bruins win a game. Like, What are your thoughts on the Sabres sucking ass this year? Uh, yeah, they're bad. I mean, how much time do we got? <laughs> I guess, well, I guess they're doing a little better now, but I mean, it's way too late at this point. They're a little better, I guess. Like they're, they're it's like the worst. Their season. problems are so layered. It's going to take years to fix, but, um, it's I'm not just a bad coach. I mean, it's like, there's no. so many layers. Yeah. Well, I mean, the scouts are garbage. They haven't, yeah. they haven't drafted anybody other than the first round who stuck around mm-hmm. in years. Um, you know, that they're, the GM is not great. Um, mm-hmm. there's a lot of problems there that need to be fixed. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw that Ryan Miller just uh, graduated. Yeah, I did. Day. I heard he retired yesterday. Yeah. Good for him. Good for him. I was just talking about that with a friend because you don't see him often. He's back up for a West Coast team. So, like, yeah. we don't really play him ever. And then with COVID, we don't play him at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, he he never got a cup or a gold medal. Crosby stole both of those from him. <laughs> what year? I can't remember when that was when he joined. It was, like, 2008 maybe or something. Um, Around that time, at least. Uh, we had Baran for a year or two. Yeah. After Hasek and then yeah. Miller. No, it was, it was probably before that because 2007 is when we went to the Eastern Conference Finals against Carolina, and he was the starter then. Okay. So maybe 2005. I don't, I don't know. I'd have to look it up. Yeah, I just remember um, my mom and I got invited to some party 
uh, it was at like this one wood flooring place. Um, and it was just like this really secretive party or whatever that not that many people were invited to. And Ryan Miller and Paul Gostad were like the guests. That's so funny. I met Ryan Miller once and I met Paul Gostad the same day. He, so nice. He used yeah. to, it was so weird. He used to come into my work yeah. all the time. And we were instructed like, do you never acknowledge anybody other than just like a customer? Yeah, of course. But like, I'm wearing a fucking Sabres hat. Yeah, like fuck you're, that. you're playing in the final state or not Stanley cup, uh, Olympic gold, yeah. silver game. Like I know who you are. Yeah. Clearly it's, it's obvious, but mm-hmm. I have to like, uh, Mr. Miller, this is your food. Like <laughs> <laughs> we, we did this thing we did called like, um, Mr. Miller. It was like non-frozen turkey. So we had a huge fridge <laughs> and your turkey was like never frozen. It was fresh from the farm. Yeah. You'd go in the fridge and then you'd come get it. And it was kind of like a hoity-toity uh, grocery store. So like we'd get a lot of celebrities and Shit. it was expensive and I'd get the tag and I'd have to go and like go down the huge uh, like refrigeration aisles and like find the one that was his with yeah. the tag on and bring it out to him. And I'd be like, oh, Mr. Miller, here's your Thanksgiving turkey. Like have a great holiday. Did you actually have to say it like that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My I God. did Gostad. I did Miller. I did Ani DeFranco. So you didn't get really say anything about the Sabres at all? I can't. Oh, wow. I mean, I smirked and like he smirked and that was it. But like <laughs> I would get in trouble if, you know, and I, at the time I cared about that job and I was just like, I'm not going to lose my job over this. And That's he, bullshit. Like, Gostad was chill. Miller did not want to have attention brought to him. So I wasn't going to bring it to him. He had like a hat and sunglasses on. Yeah. It just like trying to get it and get out. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it was it was fucking silly. Like we, I knew yeah. who he was and just had to act like I didn't. I'm like, like busting at the seams. I'm like, it's Miller. Yeah, dude. Like, I was, I worked on a set a couple, couple months ago and I was on set with fucking Will Ferrell and Paul Rudd. Oh, that's sweet. And I was just like, how do I not say hi to these people? And they were, they were like walking past me all day, but did you say hi? No, I mean, you couldn't. Yeah, exactly. That's, it's just how it is on these sets. I mean, it's the same with my job. You couldn't. You know, and unless, it might, yeah. You, people got fired for that. Yeah, unless you're like starring against them. I was just on the crew, so you know, I couldn't really just fucking bother them. But yeah, it was cool. Will for had like this really crazy beard. I don't really get starstruck too often, so like, I don't either. It really. didn't like weird me out, but like I, I wanted to be like, yo, what's up? Yeah. Like and talk, shoot the shit, but like I couldn't. I feel like there's almost like a difference between being starstruck and seeing somebody that like really inspired you growing up, though. Definitely. Because some people just fangirl like a fucking motherfucker. Yeah, my, my wife. Does she really? <laughs> Whenever we like go oh backstage and like meet someone that's like she's like oh my god yeah like when we met davy havoc she was like losing her mind she was like shaking oh dude, to where cool. like i was getting embarrassed for her dude and i was like she was like trying to t- so we had our kid with us and yeah we named him after davy havoc oh yeah victor yeah victor davy is his middle name yeah so i was like yo could i get a picture of, like you and my kid he's like yeah sure and brandy was like couldn't remember the password in my phone and like dropping my phone and i was like yo <laughs> just fucking chill and uh Davey was like, oh, I was like, oh, it's all good. We don't need a picture. And Davey was like, no, no, it's it's cool. Like, take your time. <laughs> and I was just like, Brandy, fucking get it together. Like, you're what embarrassing me. <laughs> Dude, I- she's like, he is the reason you're straight edge. And Davey's like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, fuck, you're embarrassing me, Brandy. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, I, I went to see uh, fucking Snapcase, Earth Crisis and Strife last February, like right before COVID. And Davi came on stage. Is Davey or Davi? How do you say it? Uh, from... Davey from AFI? Yeah. It's Davey. 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 Yeah. That's what I thought. Davey. Um, he came on stage for Caboose and it was so random. That's a Snapcase song. I don't know if you're fa- you're not a fan of hardcore. Nah, I don't I don't really know. Yeah, but um, anyways, he came on stage for Caboose and we luckily had backstage for Snapcase because my friend um 
science teacher was the drummer of Snapcase. So he, he got us back backstage and we saw the dude from AFI. But when he was on stage, I had no idea that was even him. Oh, he's so recognizable. That's he funny. is. He is. But like when you're, you're, you weren't paying, I was paying more attention to like the singer of Snapcase because they were both singing at the same time. Oh, cool. Um, So when we went backstage, I'm just like looking over. I'm like, what the fuck? Is that the guy from AFI? <laughs> and then my friend was like, yeah, he was just on stage. I'm like, that was him. Yeah, he's super <laughs> into like hardcore and stuff. I think he, I don't know if he dated or was like really good friends with the singer Ceremony. Uh, they brought oh, the ceremony out on tour. Like, yeah. I mean, AFI used to be like pretty much a hardcore band. Oh yeah, like hardcore punk. Oh, but very punk. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely. You know, that Tony Hawk Pro <laughs> Skater Three. That's where I learned of AFI. Oh, cool. Are they on there? I don't know the soundtrack. Yeah, super the, well, that one. The uh, the boy who destroyed the world's on. Oh, there. I love that song. Yeah, it's that's uh, my favorite. All Hallows, <laughs> All Hallows EP. That's yeah. Shit. I got an All Hallows tattoo. I got a. Fu- oh, do you really? Yeah, I got the scarecrow on my leg with the cat. Uh, and the pumpkin. Yeah. Dude, yeah. funny story about that. My friend Nick Morganti. I went to, have you been to Black Dots in Buffalo? Yeah. The new record store. Yeah, yeah, yeah sort of sure. new, cool. like three or four years ago. Yeah. Um, I went there and they had the All Hallows EP on vinyl, like an orange one. And I was like, fuck yeah, of course I'm going to buy that. It was like 10 or 15 bucks. It was cheap. Um, and I literally posted it in my Instagram story. And this was, this might've only been like in October. Yeah. This was like a couple months ago. And uh, I posted my Instagram story and my friend Nick messaged me and he's like, uh, you just got that from Black Dots? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, I just turned a copy of that in there. That's so funny. So I literally bought my friend's record. <laughs> I have that. That's actually one of my white whales. I'd love to have it on seven inch. Yeah. But it's limited to a thousand two presses and uh, sick. It's like 200 bucks. I'm just like, I don't want to spend that. Dude, there's so many, oh, there's so many things. So I, I have, I have the repress, the 10 inch. Yeah. I have got a couple. I got the orange one, the picture disc one, but I'm still chasing the seven inch. I'll find it for, if I get it for under a hundred, I'll take it, but I haven't found it yet. Vinyl collecting is dangerous. Yeah, it's uh, ruined my life. Yeah, yeah, you you can literally see it in the video. Yeah, yeah. it's worth more than my car, or my house. Like, yeah, I've got probably fifty thousand dollars worth of records behind me. What's the most expensive one you ever bought? Uh, that one up on the wall is uh, saves the day. I'm sorry, I'm leaving on red. Um, that's limited to like fifteen. I spent like three hundred on it, I think. Oh my god, I could probably sell it for t- twice that, but I yeah. never will. I framed it and everything. Hell yeah! Wow, it's so- on it's on like a really small label that never really broke out, and uh, they never repressed it or anything. It's just like a EP and the gatefold is like a, a butterfly wings and it opens up like a bug. It, it's one of my favorite. So some of my favorite songs by them. I love that record. Yeah. You're not, you're not big on like variant collecting though, right? No, no. I was actually just looking for like the white one, which is limited to like three, 400. Yeah. And whoever was selling it on eBay, this was probably over 10 years ago. Now mm-hmm. he had, li- he had all of them. He listed like a test press, a white one, a pink one all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it kind of uh, deflated the value because you had people bidding on all of them instead of just one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, I'm just going to spend like 50 bucks more and get the super rare one. And then like Jesus. flex and like put this thing on my wall. Mm-hmm. It's such like a conversation piece. Like <clears throat> say, my, say that again. It's such like a conversation piece. Like saves, oh, yeah. when people see it, who are into saves the day. Yeah. Um, my buddy Tyler had the biggest wonder years collection out of anybody ever. Nice. Um, and he, but he like very collected. If I showed you the picture of this, I mean, you'd cry. I mean, it was like, so eight, I, he had like every album, every color, every, like all the seven inches, every color. Like. I've only done that for one band, and I have a complete collection of every single variant of everything ever by Crime and Stereo. No I'm, way. I'm one of two people in the world who has it. Not even the band did it. Holy shit. <laughs> I know this because I became friends with a band over the year just from booking yeah. shows and putting records out. Yeah. And I was chasing one variant of the contract um it was a record release version for a european show mm-hmm. and i couldn't find it anywhere and the singer uh christian was like yo talk to this dude like this dude in whatever he's got everything like 
talked to this dude. Mm-hmm. He ended up buying out the label that put it out. They went under, he bought like everything they had left and yeah. he had a couple copies of it. He was like, yo, just give me that like kid dynamite. This is hardcore edition. And we'll call it a trade. I was Holy like, shit. fuck yeah. <laughs> and he, he had a complete and he gave me the second complete <clears throat> and they haven't done anything in years. So all oh, that worked out. <laughs> yeah. It's still, it's still complete as far as I know. But I got all the test presses, all the record releases, every variant of every record ever. And that probably costs a little bit. Pretty penny. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't do it at once. I collected over the course of a decade. But uh, oh, okay. some of those were expensive. I think my my test presses I bought on like uh, every once in a while, Bridge Nine would do like um, charity auctions. And mm-hmm. those would go for a couple hundred. Did you think you'll ever break that up and sell it? Probably not. I mean at this point just keep it unless i was like really hurting for money but like no i just like knowing i have it i mean that's the whole fun of collecting you know Mm -hmm. so how are the people in boston i hear sometimes they're they're pricks or sometimes they're super cool and hardworking. yeah i mean it's super blue collar it's like yeah we're from boston fuck you but yeah um, i liked it i mean i'm a blue collar person myself so i fit in pretty well um it's hard being a buffalo sports fan out there i mean they're just Oh, we've been probably, bad for yeah. so long so like when you start bickering with them like i can't really say anything when yeah. they're saying like patriots are better than the bills i'm like yeah a lot better like there's yeah. nothing, <laughs> there's you know nothing you so say. that sucked but like music scene it was it blew buffalo away like it was mm-hmm. there's so many you know berkeley's up there so like you get kids moving from all over the country to go to school for music and you know you have all these bands blowing up like the music scene's insane like mm-hmm. i saw so many good house shows and so many good small club shows i met so many bands out there like i mean I put out 21 records and I want to say at least six or seven of those are like new England bands. Yeah. So I just, you know, I met these bands like, Oh, we heard, you know, so-and-so like, here's my demo. And then I was like, this band's awesome. Put the band out. Next thing I know the band's blowing up and people are like, how do you know all these bands? I'm like, they just are all from Boston and like, yeah, just became friends. And you worked with transit a little bit and some of their side projects. Yeah. Yeah. So I used to book transit in, um, when I lived in Buffalo. So I knew those guys before I moved out there. Yeah. Um, and then I stayed in touch with, uh, Lacey a little bit. He got kicked mm-hmm. out of transit, started a new band. Yeah. Um, you know, I gave him a chance with his new band. I fucking love that band. The weeds. Yeah. The weeds. Unfortunately they didn't go anywhere. Um, you know, Joe was dealing with some shit. Uh, he still wasn't sober. So that band ended too. So it was him and his girlfriend were co-singers. Yeah. So they broke up. So like that was kind of the end of the band. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's now sober. So good for him. Hell yeah. He's doing like photography and shit. He's killing it in that. Mm-hmm. But uh, the weeds was very short lived, but um, put that, that EP out. Um, but yeah, I, I, I uh, so the zoo I worked at out there, Yeah. it's called Zoo New England. And there's two zoos. There's the Franklin Park Zoo and the Stoneham Zoo. Mm-hmm. Uh, they call it the Stone Zoo. It's in Stoneham and yeah. uh, Stoneham is actually where transit, transit. is from. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a suburb of Boston. The North shore. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, like I used to go to like Joe's house after I got out of work, like smelling like fucking gorilla shit. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. So what made you move back to the 716? So I never wanted to be in Boston. Like it's a fucking awesome city, but like, this is home. Like this is where I know everybody, my friends, I'm not a yeah. super social guy. So like I've got, handful of friends i can count on that it mm-hmm. took me 20 years to meet like yeah sabers are here like i'm a huge hockey guy you know i go to Absolutely. 20 30 hockey games a year yep. and uh i can't do that in boston so i always wanted to come home mm-hmm. i went there for my girlfriend at the time who then became my wife mm-hmm. um she got promoted to where she works remote for the same company and i was like yo if you can like work from home like why are we fucking here like let's go exactly. to buffalo and we were kind of at the point where like we want to start having kids and both of our parents are here so like we moved home um you know, 2016 Halloween, 2016. Yeah. And, uh, she still works for that company. So, you know, that's that. 
Is she from Buffalo originally? Yeah, she's from South Wales. I'm from Hamburg. So we're both from the burbs of uh, Buffalo. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Williamsville over here. Yep. So uh, how long after you got back home did your hockey league Broken Sticks come about? Uh, I moved home in 2016 and Broken Sticks started in 2018. So I started playing hockey uh, when I lived in Boston. Um, yeah. I didn't really, I never played, I played roller hockey like as a kid, like, mm-hmm. like uh, you know, 15. I never really took it seriously. And then... Um, sorry. Um, you know, I, I stopped playing altogether. And then I moved to Boston. I was just working all the time. I wasn't really like, I didn't have any friends. Like I was meeting people here and there and they were more like acquaintances, but I didn't have like a best friend or anything. I wasn't like hanging out yeah. with people and I was just getting really depressed. So I fucking saw a therapist for a little while and he was like, well, are you exercising? And I was like, no, not really. He's like, change that. It's the first thing you should change. And I was like, yeah. well, I'm, I'm like a fucking toothpick. Like I'm not going to go to a gym. Yeah. He's like, well, do you play sports? And I was like, I used to play hockey. He's like, play hockey again. And I was like, I don't want to play roller hockey. He's like, play ice hockey. I was like, I don't really know how to ice skate. He's like, you're giving me excuses. Like, just yeah. fucking do it. So I Did called... he say that? Did he say fucking? Probably. I don't... He's trying... <laughs> he, he was really down to earth. I like that guy a lot. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, so I, I like called a fucking, I went to like a used sports equipment store and I found like a bulletin board <laughs> with like a, a little card that said like, learn how to ice skate. And I yeah. called the dude and I fucking <laughs> was like, yo, I, I want to learn how to ice skate. And we did like a one-on-one training session and it was like one time and i thought yeah. it was going to be like a long time and the dude was just like dude you know how to skate you just don't know how to stop he's like I'll, <laughs> I'll teach you how to like stop on the dime practice that a couple times and like uh you know if you don't know how to do it call me again so i practiced it and i picked it up real quick uh and i was like dude i got this i fucking bought a stick and equipment i started playing mm-hmm. i scored a goal like a couple games in i was like i fucking love this so i started playing hockey like every day of the week i could just because i had no friends it was a way to meet people with something to do yeah and i moved home and the way you traditionally play hockey is you, you got to meet a team, you got to know guys. And then your team goes to a league, you sign up, you pay like 500 bucks or whatever per player. And you play from September to let's say March, you get 40 games, whatever it ends up being. Well, in Boston, I was doing this thing. uh, It was like, you pay 20 bucks, you get assigned team white team, dark, you play one game. There's a ref it's competitive. It's like that. And uh, that, you know, that's, that's it. After that, you're not on the hook. So you could just do it around your own schedule. Uh, and it worked really good for me, not knowing anybody. Well, I moved home to Buffalo and I wanted something like that and it didn't exist. So I was like, I'm going to, mm. I'm going to do it myself and see how it goes. And it fucking took off. Dude, my dumbass, I can't skate for shit. I mean, when I was a kid, I, we tried and I had to use the cone. <laughs> and then, uh, at the, every time I die shows at the Riverworks, they let you ice skate during the show. Oh, and cool. I tried again and I still, I'm a little better, but it's still pretty bad. I mean, I could skate very well and go fast. I just, I didn't know how to shave and like stop on a dime. And you definitely need to know how if you're going to play hockey. So for somebody like me that just can't do it, does it, is it like recommended to get like somebody to coach you? I mean, I can teach you. It's not hard. It's like uh, that, keep doing that it. South Park episode, like pizza, French fries, pizza, French fries. Like that. Oh yeah. When they're, they're ice or they're yeah, like skiing, skiing, skiing and yeah. skating are not the same, but they yeah. share a lot of the same balances. Uh, um, you got yeah. a pizza into it. And then before you know it, it's just one foot, two feet. You don't even think about it. I'm decent at snowboarding. I've never snowboarded. It's honestly really fun. I would love to try. I went a few years ago with my cousins at Kissing Bridge, and uh, we were doing the bunny hill, and I'm just like, fuck that. I don't care what happens. Let's just go on the the chain lift. And I thought, at, look, when I was going up there, I'm like, shit, that might have been a bad idea. And then, you know, it really wasn't. It wasn't too bad. It's it's like the same thing. You, you got to know how to stop. I did uh, skiing once by myself, and it was 
a terrible experience and I never did it again. Skiing freaks me out. I, I, I've never done it and so I, I'm worried I, I'm going to stab myself with a pole. There was this park. It was like a couple hours north of Toronto. Yeah. And it was like, they set up this thing in the woods. That's like like kilometers up there, but it was like mm-hmm. a couple miles long. They set up this ice path and they light it with tiki torches and you yeah. ice skate through the woods, like on a hike. That sounds sweet. It was so fucking awesome. But yeah. they had a bunch of other things to do during the day. Cause that's a nighttime thing. Yeah. So they had cross country skiing. And I was like, oh, this is like super easy. It's just cross-country skiing. Mm. And I wanted to do it. None of my friends did. So I did it alone. Mm. And then I was like deciding what path to go on. And I did like yeah. a black diamond one. I was like, whatever. How hard could this be? It's, <laughs> it's cross-country skiing. But Shut I wanted to do fuck. it because it went it went like up into the mountains around like a lake. Yeah. And it was like a beautiful view. And I was like, I want to I want to just see the view. So I was doing it. And like um, you had to like go uphill and I was like, how the fuck do I go uphill? Like, I don't know anything about skiing. Yeah. And I was like losing momentum. I couldn't do it. I didn't even know how to get my skis off. Like I was that uneducated. Yeah. So I like literally army crawled, like put my arm, my poles in the ground, like pulled myself up a hill Holy and shit. like I'm by myself, like don't have a cell phone, like way out in the middle of nowhere. And I'm like out of breath. I'm like halfway up the hill and someone like skates skis up to me and they're like, are you okay? And I was like, I just don't know how to do this. I don't know how to fucking take my skis off to walk up this hill. Like, yeah. And he like showed me how it took my skis off and it was just a miserable experience. I got in way deeper than I thought I could handle. Like, were you uh, supposed to walk up the hill or were you well, supposed, you're supposed to, ski to be up? skiing and have enough momentum to where you just put your skis at an angle and you get enough momentum you can yeah. get up to the top that's what i thought but i had no idea what i was doing and i just kept going up halfway and falling <laughs> back up halfway uh, and i was like gonna cry like i was like stuck on this hill for like 20 minutes how old were you uh this wasn't that long ago this was like probably i was probably like 20 maybe like five years ago it's probably like 26 27 you said you were crying no i wasn't but i was like defeated like i <laughs> yeah. felt like i could cry hell yeah i was like laying on the like hill like why can't i fucking do this <laughs> yeah and like somebody eventually skied by and was like, Hey, are you okay? And I was just like, yeah, I just don't know how to fucking ski and yeah. I'm doing black diamond by myself. <laughs> and then I would like go down the Hills and like, I wasn't like scared. Like I knew the, it wasn't like super crazy, yeah. but like I'd be going down the Hill and like, I'd go to turn and I'd turn all the way, like a 180, and I'd be going backwards. And I'm like, I don't know how to fucking stop. I'm going to hit this tree yeah. and I just have to like fall. So I didn't hit a tree. It's so, like, it kind of hurt. Yeah. I was like, this sucks. I never want to ski again. That's hilarious. <laughs> but I'd love to do it the right way. I just, I'm not going to start on black diamond. No, that's, that's terrifying. No, it sucked. It, I was an idiot. That's my own fault. Did you ever go do cold and tubing at uh kissing yeah, bridge? Yeah. I used to love cold. I fucking and used to love I that think place. It's gone now. Oh, it's gone. It's been gone for like three years. I it, think. Like you always felt like you were going to like go off into the highway. That's what I was going to say, dude. My fucking dad, you, you've met my dad. Yeah. He used to uh, he used to forget because you'd have they'd tell you to like drag your feet at the end so you, that you wouldn't do that and you wouldn't go like way up the hill. Mm-hmm. And my dad would always forget or purposely not do it. I don't know. And he would literally like fly into that fucking fence that they had there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they would literally yell at him. Yeah. I when I remember going, there was not a fence and it was just like a big incline that was supposed to slow you down. Yeah, like, no, they, they they put the fence in later. OK, and I, I remember being a kid being like, I'm going to fucking go into a highway if I don't jump off. Like, yeah, it was scary, but I loved it. No, it was so fun. And then towards the end, they had the snake hill. I don't know what you, you call that. It was kind of like a snake where you could go with like several people and you go on like five tubes and you would literally snake around all the crazy winding turns. And dude, that was that was sweet, but they never opened it because it was really dangerous. Yeah, I don't like think you I ever did that. You would fly off the sides and stuff, but <laughs> it was it was nuts. Um, so when did you and what made you become vegan? Uh, I've been vegan since I was fifteen. I'm thirty two now, so about seventeen years. Okay. Um, it was a girl. 
I was dating this girl at the time who smoked cigarettes. Um, I'm straight edge. I was back then too. Yeah. That fucking grossed me out. She tasted like an ashtray. Ugh. Yeah, it was fucking gross. And I just tried to get her to quit all the time. I was like, that shit's going to fucking kill you. Like, please just don't smoke cigarettes. Yeah. And she was vegetarian and she was like, all right, you stop eating meat. I'll stop smoking cigarettes. And I was like, all right, done deal. So I stopped eating meat. And I mean, I, I had always been into animals. You know, I would, yeah. I knew what PETA was just from going to punk shows and like, yeah. I, I was an animal guy my whole life. Mm -hmm. So I was always kind of interested in it. And I was like, all right, fine. This is no problem. I'll do this. Mm -hmm. uh, I stopped eating meat. Uh, I broke up with that girl maybe like six months after this. So I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. A couple months after that, we split up. I think we ended up getting back together. Anyways, um, in that time apart, I was like, you know, vegetarian and veganism are kind of the same thing. It's just like vegetarian is like kind of the easy way out. I was like, so I'm either going to like go all the way or just stop. Like, I'm not going to do this half ass in between. So I went vegan and, uh, I felt healthy and I stuck with it and, um, you know, just been vegan almost 20 years now. Wow. So it was, it wasn't tough. Uh, I mean, it was an adjustment, but like, yeah. I, I don't think about it anymore. It's just the way it is. You know, I, I don't, I don't like consciously say like, I can only eat this. Like it's, yeah. it's just what I eat. Like it's, I've been vegan longer than I haven't been vegan. Like I, I was, wow. I went vegan at 15. I'm 32. So more, I've been vegan more my life than I wasn't. You know what I mean? I don't even think about it. It's just, it's just how it is. Wow. So that was like 2004. I don't know the year. 17 uh, years ago. Yeah. Sounds crazy right. mm -hmm. um so it wasn't difficult though when you would start going to like restaurants and stuff oh uh, back then it was super difficult yeah uh, i didn't really go out to eat a lot because there was like vegan places and like that's it and like yeah my parents and like my friends and family didn't want to go to vegan places but there weren't yeah. like vegan options at regular places mm -hmm. even at the grocery store it sucked like totally when i look at some of the stuff i used to eat it like just was gross like just like hockey pucks and now like it's come so far like some of those meat replacements you can't even tell the difference like mm -hmm. they're delicious but except um, for except for the chicken patty i think i told you about this i had a chicken patty and that sucked really? i mean there's good and bad ones oh. you got to cook them right but the meatballs are good meatball yeah, so, vegan meatballs are sweet and i love like impossible burgers and uh beyond meats really good those are good yeah and um but my mom was real supportive when i was a kid she'd make me vegan food so mm -hmm. just, i mean at 15 if she says no like what am i gonna do my mom's cooking me dinner still what's the what's the thing that people had on tours like falafels or something uh yeah falafels are like mediterranean those are like fried hummus balls those are good yeah toby from h2o talks about that and how he he had trouble going on tour for in, in like the beginning like years and years ago yeah i mean it's easy now um, it's really easy now but like yeah. i wouldn't say easy but like it's much easier but back then man it was near impossible like yeah. i had friends when I used to go on tour who were vegan, like loosely vegan, they didn't like wear the label or anything, but yeah. they, they ate vegan. And then on tour, they, they weren't vegan anymore because it was just too hard. And then they went back to vegan when they were at home. Mm -hmm. No, it's... I, I did it for like animal rights reasons. So like, mm -hmm. I kind of felt like no matter the situation, it, it still was not okay to not be vegan. So mm -hmm. I, I was always vegan, but I also yeah. never really went on like super long tours. Like mm -hmm. I was always on tour for like, I think my longest tour was like two weeks. Mm -hmm. I, I never did like a full U S that was like months long and, yeah, that would have been tough in like the 90s. Mm -hmm. And I know some people are vegan for health reasons, too. I mean, that definitely was in my mind. My grandfather died before I was born in his 40s of a heart attack. Oh, so shit. like, you know, there's definitely bad hearts in my family. So being mm -hmm. vegan and not eating red meat, uh, that's definitely in the back of my mind. It's, it's it doesn't hurt to eat healthy, you know, mm -hmm. and some people get colon cancer. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, actually, it's weird you say that my wife's. um hairdresser's husband is 29 years old he what? just got diagnosed with colon cancer and his doctor Oof. uh has him the chemo is like fucking him up and the doctor says uh a lot of it has to do with your diet and they got him on a vegan diet and it's not like strictly vegan like he cheats i think two days a week but five days a week is totally plant-based okay and the doctor said like there's um there's like prescriptions you can take 
for this. And then, but that has a side effect and you'll need this and then this. And before you know it, you're on seven drugs. Like I'd rather try like a healthier diet and see if that works for you. And they're trying it and he loves it, but they, they were, we were just talking about it because they don't know any vegans. He didn't go vegan by choice. So they were like, mm-hmm. Oh, isn't your husband vegan? Yeah. But wow. yeah, it's really funny you say that, that doctor, the kid who has colon cancer, uh, the doctor recommended mm-hmm. he have a vegan diet. This might sound dumb, but how bad is colon cancer? Is that like death for sure? Or how does that work? I mean, it's not lung cancer. It's, but, uh, it's not good, but it's like something you got to be on top of yeah, to not I mean, die. Uh, it all depends. Like everybody's body's different and it yeah. spreads. And once it's in like your, your glands and it starts going through your body, then you're fucked. But oh my God. I mean, colon cancer doesn't equal death. No. Okay. No, you can go in remission. You can get that. Did you ever try the uh, Burger King Impossible Burgers? No, nah, they openly say they're cooked on the same grill. So, yeah. like, I mean, if they're going to cook a hamburger and all the grease is going to run That's out, true. they're going to throw my vegan burger on there. Even if, like, morally I feel okay about it, it's going to make me sick. Like, I, I'm just yeah. going to feel like garbage after not yeah. having meat for 20 years and then eating that. And plus, yeah. like, I don't need to go to Burger King. Like, fuck those guys. Yeah, fuck Burger King, honestly. I mean, if I was on the road and, like, in a pinch... I would love to have that option, but I, I wouldn't eat that just cause it's probably loaded with, with grease. That's weird. I'm surprised they don't just yeah, I mean, change it's, that. It's like, if you're going to go that far and like order a vegan product and advertise to like a vegan people, like why not just cook it on a fucking separate grill? Yeah. Or just like an easy bake oven. Who knows? Yeah. They openly, I mean, that's a question on their website. Like, like for vegan options, I'm sure they're getting asked that a lot and they openly say, no, they don't. So now we move on to a, to a funny question. Yeah, what's up? Uh, so you once beat the living shit out of somebody for making fun of you for being vegan. <laughs> Talk a little bit about that. I wouldn't say beat the living shit. I, I threw oh, a, you killed him. I, I threw a single punch and he hit the ground. That's pretty good. Um, I was a kid and mm-hmm. he was bullying me and I was sick of being bullied. Um, he was in a local band and he asked me, or he, he said, this is a song for all the stupid fucking vegans. Yeah. And after they're set, I walked up to him and I said, hey, was that song about me? And he smirked and it just rubbed me the wrong way and I fucking dropped him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I broke his nose oh, and I shit. ran as fast as I could because all his friends were around and I had no friends around. Yeah. And um, that was that. And funny story, like 15 <laughs> years later, whatever we are now, yeah. he's now a vegan that's fucking insane yeah, fuck that kid was that recently they became vegan or you just don't know i don't know i don't talk to him at all i just have heard what an asshole find that he's he's like an environmentalist and uh yeah he's now a vegan wow what a bitch yeah he's a fucking i hate that kid did you go to bed uh sad that night or feeling bad about it or did you just go to bed I like remember feeling great i was with one friend and i remember like running through the city with him like as yeah. fast as i could to like i don't know if cops were gonna come oh yeah I for sure know. and we like finally like were in the clear and we just started laughing and like i remember we're like we called his mom and we we're like yeah you got to pick us up but uh we're not at the venue anymore we're actually like way on the other side yeah. of buffalo and she's like what and we're like yeah we'll tell you later like come get us yeah. uh, i don't remember what we told her but i remember like i slept over his house that night we're like laying in bed and we're just like looking at each other like yo i just fucked that kid up for yeah like, that's the last time he ever fucking bullies me and we just laughed like super loud and dude that was well deserved though yeah. now what when what year was that you think uh, I don't know. I was probably 16. So we're talking like 17 years ago, 16 years ago. So right around the time you became vegan. Yeah, I, I was a kid. I was, so I, I, I would never do something like that today. I was, I was a kid. Yeah. We were, we were both kids and he probably wouldn't bully like that anymore. And I, plus like if he bullies you now, like it wouldn't even be like a big deal because a lot of people are fucking vegan now. I also like, I have better things to do with my time now. If someone bullies yeah. me, I'm just going to laugh and walk away. Was it rare to meet other vegans then? Was it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I only knew one or two uh, and they're not vegan anymore. Wow. Yeah. My one friend, Ben was the only other vegan kid I knew and he's no longer vegan. 
Uh, he was vegan up until about two years ago. He, so he stayed vegan 15 years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, Didn't you say H2O played a part in you becoming vegan too? Yeah. I mean, I knew what it was through music. So like, that's how I was familiar with it. Like, I, I don't I don't think they do anymore, but PD used to go to like shows and set up tables and, yeah. you know, advertise. And that's how you found out about animal rights. And a lot of these bands, mm-hmm. anti-flag H2O, you know, they had guys who were involved with veganism and straight edge and, yeah. you know, Davey Havoc from AFI. So okay. it was always on my mind. And I got into straight edge when I was like 11, 12, mm-hmm. I stuck with that. And veganism and straight edge kind of go hand in hand with a lot of these guys. So I knew what about it. And, um, yeah, I'd say, str- uh, Davey Havoc from AFI and Toby Morris from H2O were the first bands I listened to that introduced me to what straight edge and veganism were. Did you say role model was the first CD you bought? Uh, I did not buy it, but that's the first punk record that somebody showed me. Yeah. Uh, okay. That and no that's effects, punk and drublick. I used to skateboard and um, I listened to like blink 182 and my buddy was like, Oh, I think you'd like this band. They just yeah. put a new record out and he showed me uh, H2O go. Yeah. And that's not like their most favorite record. I know people don't love it, but like it has a very, I fucking love it. Yeah. It's got a very special place in my heart. So I love it. Like yeah. role model, is such a banger. That's such a good opener. Yeah. I love <laughs> it. Um, Do you I, have a favorite of their albums? Um, I like thicker than water a lot. Yeah. I mean, they're all good. I, nothing to prove is great. Mm-hmm. Like I know it's later in oh, their yeah. career, 2008. but yeah. it's fucking great. So good. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, nothing to prove might've been the first one I got into. I also kind of connected with nothing to prove a lot more. Cause like, yeah, you know, I was, older and he was older he was starting to have kids i was thinking about having a family like yeah you know i just i connected with a lot of the songs mm-hmm. and that the most recent one was very good as well too uh use your voice yeah yeah i don't know that one too well it's okay yeah good time so let's get into how you and i met we met at thursday night terrors this uh fantabulous horror series that our buddy peter vulu puts on at the amherst theater in buffalo uh we quickly became friends as we were both super into horror yeah um when did you get into the genre and if you can remember what movie was it that popped your spooky little cherry uh i got into it probably when i was like 10 11 i specifically remember seeing the blair witch uh when i was when when it first came out and it fucked me up in the theater no vhs hell yeah um my same cousins who are a little older than me who showed me all the music yeah they had told me like it was real and Mm -hmm. like um you know this like really happened and this was found footage and like mm-hmm. i didn't know what that meant so like i was like whoa this is real like these people really die on camera everyone thought so at the time right right so i saw it as like a 10 year old i watched it like by myself yeah it scared me so fucking bad yeah but, like to the point where like i like wanted a little more like i was yeah. like oh what else and i remember watching blair witch 2 when it came out and i uh, used to live right by a blockbusters mm-hmm. and they would do this thing called i don't remember what it's called but you, you would get like a, it was right when dvds first started so you'd get a dvd okay and 10 rentals for like 30, 40 bucks. Yeah. And if you went on a Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday and rented a new release, you could get an old release for free with it. So essentially you got 20 yeah. rentals in a movie for whatever. So I'd ride my bike there every Monday. I'd rent a new horror movie and I'd pick out a classic. I get two at a time and they were always on yeah. like, like VHS. And for whatever reason, they never asked for an ID. So I was like 11 years old renting these rated R movies. Yeah. And uh, that's how I discovered the whole genre. And I could just remember like, it was like a very routine thing that I did by myself. Like I rode my bike there. Mm-hmm. I spent upwards of an hour picking out two movies. I rode home. Then I watched the movies over the course of the week. And, and then after the 10 weeks was up, I'd get the next package and I'd buy the whatever DVD they were promoting with the 10 yeah. rentals. And that's how I saw like all my first horror movies. And it just grew from there. I fucking miss blockbuster so much, dude. Yeah. A lot of people hate on it. You know, it's like a big chain corporation, blah, blah, blah. But like, yeah, but we grew up on it. Exactly. Like it was we were, a huge, we were past the other shit. It was a huge part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, 
if it wasn't for blockbusters, I don't know that I would ever have gotten into horror. I mean, I didn't have, yeah. I grew up in the suburbs. Like I didn't have a mom and pop, mm-hmm. small, small little shop. Or even movies for that, for that reason, because, you know, I don't know about you, but my, my parents used to bring me, especially my dad used to bring me to blockbuster one or two times a week. And you and I both have parents that got divorced around the same time in the early two thousands. Um, he used to bring me there like on, on the days that I would see him. And yeah, I have a lot of good memories from it. I think that's why I got super into film. Yeah. I mean, totally. That's, that's how I grew to love it. Just, you mm-hmm. know, renting, renting shit on my own. Like you said, my parents got divorced. My mom was doing her own thing. My mm-hmm. dad wasn't around. It was, it was punk rock and horror movies. Yep. Fuck. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't know if you knew before you could rent uh, VHS, they would sell them and they were like $85 a piece. Yeah. I, I didn't know that. It's insane. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's before my time. You could always rent as mm-hmm. far as I can remember. Yeah, fuck yeah. I'm I'm glad that you like Blair Witch because a lot of people shit on that for oh, no reason. Oh, I fucking love it. Uh, it's, it's just very nostalgic. And, you know, from there I got so into like important. the classics and Halloween, all that yeah. stuff. And I mean, I had seen stuff before that when I was a kid, like Halloween on TV, like edited for TV. And mm-hmm. I like that. But Blair Witch is the one that stands out to me as like, I don't know, it scared me. And I remember mm-hmm. I had an aunt who's like a little kooky. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not all there. She lives with my um, my grandparents until they died. And she had like a really big vhs collection of horror movies yeah and i was like six or seven like i didn't watch them but i was like look at them and i remember her saying like the evil dead is the scariest movie she ever saw (laughs) so like in my head i knew i was it was going to scare me so the first time i watched evil dead really scared me too i was probably like 10 11 it's good shit it's so silly now to think about Mm -hmm. but you know growing up when an adult's telling you this is so fucking terrifying you're just gonna believe them and think Mm -hmm. it's you know i had a preconceived idea before i even watched it yeah evil dead's amazing i love it um what do you call it? So Blair Witch, my uh, my sister's named Blair. I don't know if you knew that. No, I didn't. Um, anyways. Is it after that movie? No. She was born in 93 and Blair oh. Witch was 99. Okay. But funny story. Um, and I want to say 2001 or 2002. I still remember this. Uh, I went to Maple East Elementary, like right there in Williamsville. And uh, I just remember my sister came home from school crying because people were calling her the Blair Witch. <laughs> and that's just... That's a really funny story. Yeah, that's funny. Um, but anyways, I told that to Heather Donahue, who plays uh, whatever. She plays herself pretty much uh, in Blair Witch, um, you know, the main girl there. Mm-hmm. And she thought it was funny. But then she signed my autograph. And I swear to God, I told her how to spell my name three different times. And she still misspelled it. I was like, I was like, it's K-E-L-L-E-N. Was she under the influence? Probably. I, I was not like, a hard name to spell. I was like, it's two E's and two L's. And she's like, okay. And then she put a N or she put like K. Yeah. Something there, there was an A in there. I was pissed real quick. What do you think of the remake? Uh, you know, I love it. I saw it in theaters. That I was like, I was negative. I, I was love like, it. I was like, it's decent, but um, yeah, I don't know. I was excited when I saw that, that teaser poster they put out for the woods. the woods. I was like, oh, this looks sick. Fucking Adam Wingard. I was all on board. Yeah, I was all on board. And I didn't even know it was Blair Witch Like yet. a week before, like, fuck you, it's Blair Witch. I'm like, yeah. oh my God. Dude, I almost fucking cried Dude, when I, I saw that. Dude, I had it that. in my calendar to like go. Yeah. And then a week later, it was like, um, it was mm-hmm. the Blair Witch. I was so fucking excited. I remember yep. it came out on a Friday and my work was like kind of slow and I was like, Oh, I'm not really like feeling great. Like I'm going to duck out a few hours early and my boss yeah. is like, yeah, all right. And I fucking left work and went and saw it by myself. Like it was like two in the afternoon. I'm not supposed to be home. Yeah. Like five. I went, saw the Blair Witch, got home from work and I was like all amped up. And Brandy's like, oh, how's work? I was like, fuck work. Fuck I just work. went and saw the Blair Witch. It was so <laughs> awesome. And, like no one was there because it was like fuck two yeah. in the afternoon on a Friday. Yeah. But uh, I saw like the first show I looked. I was like, it's playing at two. I'm going to yeah. go see it at two. 
I loved it. I thought it was super fun. I I definitely enjoyed it. Um, I, I honestly I haven't watched it since the theater. Yeah, I haven't either. I don't want to like tarnish my super positive experience of it. Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely. I know a lot of people don't love it. I want to give it another chance. Uh, he's made a lot of good movies. Yeah. Um, I liked everything until Godzilla vs Kong. That didn't do much for me. I would say Year Next is probably my favorite for him. Oh yeah, I love it. And v- the amazing. VHS stuff he did. Oh yeah, and the VHS. Yeah, of good. course. The guest is awesome. Dude, that's one I still haven't seen. Oh, so fucking good. I, I like always look at it on Netflix. I'm like, eh, it it's not stupid. horror, but there's tons of like cool horror references. I heard it's great. Yeah, yeah. I want to see it. Like like when they're at this, the high school dance, there's mm-hmm. like Halloween three masks like in the Oh, background. really? Yeah, there's like oh, there's little Easter yeah, eggs, dude. but it's not a horror movie, but uh there's definitely some Easter eggs. Dude, I just I don't know if you do you know who Gutter Garbs is? No. That's a horror merch company. They just dropped a Halloween three shirt like yesterday or a couple days ago, and I just was like, yep. <laughs> like i just saw it and i just instantly bought it it was it was worth it <laughs> um but speaking of that actually you might want to bring this up now uh your tattoo you have a neck tat of halloween three i do i do I'll see if i can show you um that's fucking amazing you got like the witch in the front yeah the pumpkin over here and the skull over there that must have hurt like hell yeah it wasn't fun it sucked yeah how long did that take uh it was two sittings about three and a half three hours each so maybe like six seven hours shit and uh, which part was the most painful? You said like the up here. I did not like like the chin, like when it was underneath my chin. That, yeah, that was really painful. Was that like on the bone? Is that why? Yeah, and like you feel it in your mouth. Like I, oh. I did not like that. <laughs> I, I like really. I have this weird fascination with like tattoos. Like I really want to know what it feels like, but I don't want one. You don't have any? I don't. Oh, and you, like you in, thought I did? I don't know. I just assumed it. Yeah, in yeah. between like the collarbones, like you got that little pit that you could, like put your finger in. Yeah, that that little pit sucked. Mm-hmm. It starts to get down to like in between the collarbones and the chest that was painful mm-hmm. no maybe maybe i'll get like a tramp stamp one day i got my first tattoo when i was 15 wow i've just been collecting ever since holy fuck yeah um so yeah what was the what was the first tattoo you got then uh so when i was like 14 my dad took me to get my lip pierced and my mom hated it uh, my parents were divorced so like it was always kind of like uh who could impress the kid the most and like yeah. piss the other parent off at the same time yeah. so i was fully riding that all throughout or middle school and high school Uh, anyways i got a lip ring my mom never liked it and i wanted a tattoo and she told me if i take the lip ring out i can get a tattoo so Uh, in the states it's 18 plus but in canada it's just parental consent so my dad took me (laughs) my dad took me up to canada he got a tattoo and i got two tattoos i had a little jack skellingtons on my calves i had like the 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 halloween and the christmas one and the halloween one i covered up yeah um I had some friends, a friend who was starting to tattoo, draw on it and like do a background and it was fucking really bad. Yeah. So we covered that one up, but I still have the Christmas one on the back of my calf. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. It's not good, but you know, and then it's a story. Do you have any tattoos you regret? Yeah. Like half of them. Yeah. I, before I turned 18, I had the back of my neck, my chest, uh, like half a sleeve. And I was just going to garbage artists who I knew would tattoo me just if i was like yeah i'm 18 sure yeah but like there's a reason they're tattooing kids like a legit artist is going to ask you for id and not risk his job over it mm-hmm. um i kind of wish i would have waited till i could start going to good tattoo artists like like the dude who did my throat he just like tattooed post malone like he's like the top tier oh, yeah. fucking tattoo artist like i travel the world to be tattooed now and like yeah you're showing me i was just getting garbage tattoos by like friends in their basement or like <laughs> the local guy who i know isn't going to ask me for an id yeah and i regret taking up so many like spots like my my arms are like junk tattoos yeah and i like those the first ones people see and like i got all these amazing tattoos on like my ribs and yeah my fucking upper thighs and my knees and people Mm. don't even see them Mm. 
So I, I regret getting like, I regret who did them. I don't regret any of the tattoos I have. No. Do you ever go to East Coast Tattoo, the one in that Marriott hotel, like in Amherst-ish? No. I, my friend went there the other day and uh, I've never actually gone with somebody to get a tattoo and I went with him and uh, he got this really bullshit Japanese cartoon looking character tattoo that had no meaning at all. He just had the sticker that was on his like his dresser or something. He's like, oh, I'm going to get a tattoo of that. <laughs> and that was his first and only tattoo. And uh, anyways, the guy the guy that works there is a sarcastic asshole and it's really funny. But he, he was like he was like really cool. But cool, yeah, cool. no, I haven't. I don't get tattooed too often anymore. Just um, for one, I'm out of spots for two yeah. out of money. Um, they're expensive, especially yeah. when you're going to top tier guys. I actually just emailed my guy. Sure. Um, I'm going to be in central Pennsylvania in July and he's out of Philly. Yeah. So I was trying to see if maybe one of the mornings he could tattoo me when I'm up there, but I haven't heard back yet. And is that for Joe Bob? Yeah. Yeah. Going to Joe Bob's uh, yeah, Jamboree dude. in July. And yeah. That's about an hour from where my tattoo artist is. He's like in between that and Philly. So that's amazing. Yeah. And we're actually watching Joe Bob tonight. Yeah. Right after this. So what, what is he doing tonight though? Is this just, just like another double feature? Yep. Yeah. You don't know what it is. They don't announce it until it's yeah, live. I knew so that. we'll find out at nine. We have no idea what it's going to be. Is there a theme yet? We don't know that either. Wow. So they, they just totally. Yeah, you just get two movies unknown. every Friday night. Wow. And it's funny you brought up uh, back to the Blair Witch real quick. Uh, you said she was like under the influence. She probably was because at the time she was uh, running this like pot business. I don't know if you knew that. No, I had no idea. And she had, she has this like book called pot girl. She was like growing weed in like Northern California or like some weird, like Nevada or something. And she went off the grid for the longest time because uh, yeah, I didn't know those dudes did acting. I heard they like weren't acting anymore. She definitely doesn't. The, the one dude was in dates motel. Yeah. A lot of stuff. That movie that they filmed on an iPhone um yeah that was great unsane yeah that was really good unsane uh, he that was the first time i saw him and i was like oh shit i didn't even know he was still acting oh it's fantastic But i heard like the other two like uh, didn't really get into acting yeah the other guy he's also very nice i never met josh but the other guy's name's mike um that's the one from unsane or that's josh no josh is the one from unsane and he was in base motel um mike is like the bigger mm -hmm. sort of guy um he's a high, he was at the time when i met him a high school counselor yeah, that's what he does now. And uh, yeah, Heather kind of off the grid now. She doesn't really like talking about it. I can tell. I have her on Facebook and you could tell nobody's talking about it. So I don't know. She kind of just left that in the past. So around the same time that you and I met at Thursday Night Terrors, we also started working at Fright World. Yeah. Yeah. So I've worked for some sort of haunted house since I was about 18, mm -hmm. uh, I started with haunted catacombs for a year, which is a local haunt. Hell yeah. Then I worked at fright world for about four or five years. I worked for a company called dark Raven manor for about two years. Dude, world, I miss them so much. Yeah. They were fucking so good for such a small, like little, did you work there when they had the jigsaw house? No, I was like the year after, oh, but I remember it. It was sweet. So sick, <laughs> uh, but they were like a little tiny, just small company that could fuck with like jigsaw and not get sued. Cause yeah. they were just so small. hundred percent. Like now if fright world, try that, like, Oh, they get sued. They get sued. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Fright World bought Dark Raven. So I came with them. And then Steve was my boss. He became the boss of Fright World. Mm -hmm. Um, I became good friends with Steve. I stayed with Fright World. I moved to Boston. I worked for a haunt called Dark Raven Manor while I was out in Boston. Uh, met a bunch of friends through that who I still talk to. And then I moved home, came back to Fright World. That's when I met you. Um, and I didn't really know anyone because I knew like the OG people, like all the managers, because they had been there long enough to where we worked together before I moved away. But I mean, it's just a seasonal gig. 
it's minimum wage. Most mm-hmm. people, if, unless you truly love it, are only there a year or two. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of the kids were like, oh, he must just be a new guy. But like, yeah. I don't think they knew. I've, I had been there like 10 years ago. Yeah. I, I moved away. So like I didn't know a lot of people, but you had started while I was gone. Yeah. And I just recognized you from Thursday Night Terrors and was like, oh, hey, what's up, buddy? You're the dude I see at the horror shows all the time. And yeah, that blew my mind. I was like, oh, we started talking music and I was like, you like all this stuff. And I was like, oh, I actually put that record out. And next. Thing oh, I is know, that how it happened? I remember you were talking about turnover or something. And I was like, oh, I put a couple of records out for them. And yeah. Like, what? And I was I'm like, like, you're fucking lying. You're twi- yeah. I was like, yeah, dude, I run this record label. And you're just like, no way. And it was just a small world. Like we, we yeah. like the same bands. Yeah. And I think you were talking about mom jeans or something. I was like, oh, I know those guys. Like I'm going to Toronto <laughs> to see them in a couple of weeks. You should come. Yeah. Oh, OK. So that was not long after. After we met them. No, we, yeah, we just become friends and we went up to Toronto to see Mom Jeans. Yeah, and we went to see the Black Christmas House. Yeah, yep. That was we, so We sick. got vegan food that was not that good. You didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, I, like didn't, those. I like, thought it was okay. They're like buckwheat noodle bowls. Like, I'm not a really big fan of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Either. But my wife really wanted to check that place out. So I was like, okay. Cool. Yeah, it was all right. It wasn't like at the top. Not of my the list. best. Not some place I would show someone who's not vegan. Yeah. Vegan food and be like, you got to check this place out. It wasn't that good. I, I do believe, though, that was the first time I went and got vegan food, like actually with like a friend that was like, OK, we're going to get vegan food. Probably. I think it was the first time. It was OK. My friend Mike and Sophia, both of them um, out in California, whenever we go to like the movies, the only snacks they'll get are red vines or popcorn without butter. Oh, I hate red vines. They taste like fucking. They taste like shit. Plastic. It's terrible. I don't like Twizzlers. I don't. Oh, like red I hate vines. Twizzlers. I like like real Australian licorice. Yeah. I cannot fuck with that shit though. No. But I do like. What was the second thing you said? He said it like popcorn without oh, butter. Though I, I do that all the time. Yeah. Without butter. Yeah, I have to. I can't have butter. Can you bring like a vegan butter? How the fuck do you do that? Yeah. How would I put it in my bag in my pocket? Of course, dude. I sneak shit into the movies all the time. Do, I will never do you sneak melted butter in to pour on your popcorn. If I needed it, of course. I don't need it. I think it tastes fine with salt. Dude, the only thing I buy at the theater is popcorn. Like yeah, literally. Me and too. it's and like, it sounds good. It's, it's good. so good. Like, yeah, I, I always get a big it like goes hand in hand. Like I had yeah. a big popcorn when I went to the drive in and I was like, oh fuck, I missed this. Because I, so I haven't been to a theater in so, so long. So fucking good. And uh I got like a picture of my one-year-old holding yeah. the bucket it's like the size of her body it's, yeah. it's so funny yeah i mean every and every movie theater has either a dollar store in that same plaza as the movie theater or up the road and it's like how do you justify paying five dollars I mean, for a box candy when you get it for a dollar it's kind of not it, it's supposed to be supporting the theater you know that's how they make their yeah, money fuck them they're big corporations sometimes sometimes they're not like when we go that's to why the- i got a popcorn though you yeah know? Like when we go to the Dipson for Peter's events, yeah. I buy a drink. I never buy drinks at the Regal. I buy drinks there. Yeah, you're right. I they do don't do need my money. But like, that's what I'm the saying. The Dipson though. probably does. The Dipson's like different. If, if all of us buying drinks is whether or not Thursday Night Tears happens next month, I'll buy a drink. No, no, no. I always buy from them. That's that's the only reason I would be like, all right, I'll spend $3 on candy instead of a dollar. Yeah. It's like, I want to support this theater. But like, I, I don't yeah. care about the Regal at all. Like, I bring candy in all the time. I still sneak in candy at the Amherst, though. <laughs> Sometimes I do. It depends. Yeah, and Peter knows. But I, always, I also <laughs> I buy popcorn every time and yeah i buy drinks remember at terrors i would always i would i would not even sneak shit in i would like make baked goods for terrors and i would like pass them out and everything yeah, you're, the, you're the worst at sneaking i remember that one time we went to halloween you brought in a fucking pizza dude i brought in a fucking like, pizza just fucking stop oh, you're my... embarrassing i could feel the embarrassment through you oh my god where were you with me when i got the pizza or no yeah we got it at like spot coffee yeah i was gonna have to say spot it was just like weird it was like spot coffee that was weird yeah and then it's I, like I the sne- only place within walking distance of that theater. Come on. That was pretty impressive. How did I sneak it in, though? I don't know. I must have just carried it in. It was embarrassing. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. There was like a speaker on stage and you were like eating a box of pizza. Yeah, I, it was like in my lap. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember uh, Greg Lamberson, the guy that directed Slime City. I posted a picture of me doing it. I was like, oh, check this out. I snuck a pizza into the fucking theater. 
<laughs> and he commented on it and he was like, it's like, how dare you? He's like, he's like, if I was sitting behind you and I smelled your dinner, I would have left. Yeah, I was I was embarrassed for you. <laughs> I mean, OK, but yeah, but to be fair, if you remember the story, I didn't want that to happen. Spot coffee took a fucking hour to give us that pizza. Do you remember? Yeah, it sucked. Yeah. So I really had no choice because we weren't going to miss the movie. I mean, PJ Souls was there. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was cool. It was a fun time. That was a good time. We got a good pick. What's with the her? name of that theater? Little the little theater. Yeah. Yeah. It's all all millimeter, 35 millimeter. They don't have a, a theater in Buffalo that does uh, film anymore. So that's the closest one for us. You're right. We need to open one up. Oh, it's not cheap. It's not. That's why they're not going back to film and they're staying digital. Not in Hollywood, though. We still got a ton of that. Yeah. We got we got a, Tarantino's theater. That's exclusive. Way bigger city than Buffalo. Yeah. But I mean, one day. I mean, with all the films coming here, you never know. They might that that Joe Bob event. Uh, everything's on film. Oh yeah. Well, all the movies. They're gonna do something on Friday where he like recognizes like smaller independent guys who are making movies now. I doubt those are gonna be filmed. Mm-hmm. But like whatever he chooses to show Saturday and Sunday will be filmed. Oh yeah. Yeah. And shout outs to the Amherst Theater if you're listening to this and you're from Buffalo, go check them out. They just opened up, I believe, today. Cool. So they've been closed for what was that a year now? Over over, yeah, over a, year. a year, yeah. It's fucking crazy. That's my favorite. That's personally my favorite theater in Buffalo. It's just like the chillest place to be. And so I'm from the Burbs, so I never went there as a kid. Except yeah. I used to work at this record store called uh, Sit and Spin, and okay. we would get these like big cards that were like you could go to a movie for free like a week before it came out, yeah. like a screener, and they were always there. So I'd go <laughs> to the city. I just knew that as the theater that always showed the free movies. Yeah, uh, that's, oh, that's. But cool. I never. That was not like my theater to go to as a kid because it was not close. Yeah. But now I go there for terrors just because they have like a cult following for like little horror movies that mm-hmm. he shows. And yeah, he puts up with a lot of shit with that plaza, though. I know that. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's it's, it's very not far from the east side. Yeah. It's not far from UB. So you got a lot of college kids who just don't give a fuck. That's not home to them. They're just well, like, not even college kids. I'm talking about like the crackheads in the plaza that yeah. come and try to like break in or fight well, him. <laughs> not only that. Yeah. but And you have college kids who like they're just partying all the time. It's not home. They don't give yeah. a fuck what they burn the place to the ground and then go home. They don't care. Yeah. No, that's always a good time. I love the Amherst. Go support yeah. the Amherst. Support film in general. So uh, we already talked about the neck tat. Let's see here. So what's it like being a father? Uh, it's probably the hardest thing I've ever done other yeah. than being married, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, it's, I'm a man of, but I, but I love it. It's very, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's very rewarding, but I'm a man of routine. Like I like to have my lunch at noon, go to bed at the same time, wake up at the same time. And like that is all out the window when it comes to kids like Mm -hmm. you're on their time and it's very tough Mm -hmm. um i have in the next few weeks i will be a father of three and they're all under three and they're all in diapers Mm -hmm. and i'm a stay-at-home dad and i when i say stay-at-home dad i run two businesses while Mm -hmm. watching three kids now is the next one a boy or girl uh boy dominic dominic okay um so uh it's very tough but i mean like it's also very rewarding, like watching them learn to skate and like Victor knows how to like read a book now. Like he can't read, he's two years old, but yeah. he, he repeats every single page correctly and mm-hmm. he gets so excited about it. And like, yeah, that's just so sweet to like see that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like the milestones, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's cool. It's, it's, it's my life now. Like I, I have to hang out here because usually I'm watching the kids and I, you know, I ha- everything has to be around them now. So mm-hmm. it is what it is, but uh, it's awesome. So Victor, Ruby and Dominic, where'd yeah. you get those names? Uh, we got Victor Davy. Mm-hmm. Um, Victor is a nod to horror. Uh, Victor Frankenstein is mm-hmm. the uh, doctor who creates Frankenstein in mm-hmm. the story. Uh, in the movie, they changed it because it was like 
right after World War II, and they yeah. thought it sounded too like European and German, and it wouldn't do well. So they, I think he's Henry in the fucking movie. Yeah. But in the original story, like the the one that Mary whatever wrote, um, yep. it's Victor. Uh, Davy is Davy Havoc, and then Ruby Aurora. Uh, Ruby is after um, Ruby Soho, the song by Rancid. Yep. And Aurora is Aurora Borealis, the Northern Lights. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went and saw the Northern Lights when we were pregnant with Ruby. Uh, it was fucking awesome. Oh, that's insane. Yeah, we went to Iceland and we saw them. That's a fucking crazy story. What made you go there? Oh, we almost died. Was it for Northern Lights you went? Uh, that's what I wanted to see, yeah, but I didn't realize like how hard it is to see the Northern Lights. Oh, wow. Um, we went on three tours. We oh, were only shit. there four nights or three nights. We went every single night. And the third night, we got stranded and we're stuck outside for like six hours and we saw it. And if we wouldn't have been stranded, we wouldn't have saw it. So, so the other nights were like... So, so the way they do it is, um, I don't know if you know anything about the Northern Lights. No. It's, it's like, so basically the sun makes this energy and it like makes like a band and it has to eventually like, like you snap a belt and yeah. it breaks off and goes through the atmosphere and then it has to miss all the other planets and it has to be uh, like not overcast, like not a lot of clouds on planet yep. earth yep. for you to see it. And you have to be at certain parts of the world to see it. So like you have to be batting a hundred to see it. There's so many ver- variables that can go wrong. Like mm-hmm. when you see those photos online of like the pink and blue and green, that's once a year. So mm-hmm. the natives have only seen that like one or two times in their life. Yep. I saw green, like going through the sky. That's the most common, but anyways, that's crazy. Uh, we went out, we, you go to these spots where there's no light pollution and uh, you, you, they take you on a big tour bus and uh, you just go out in the middle of nowhere and you just look at the sky. And if you don't see it, you you can go again if you want yeah. uh, free of charge until you see it. So we went every night. Um, the third night we were making this turn on this like side of a fucking mountain. Oh, wow. And we're on this like little dirt road and the tour bus cut it too close. Yeah. And it starts to roll down the ravine. Oh, and fuck. it was fucking scary, man. Like I wasn't terrified. My wife on the other hand was shitting bricks. Yeah. So like the back of the bus is hanging off. And the front of the bus is like still on the road and it's like Jurassic park two style, like balancing. And the guy with the microphone is like, all right, nobody panic. When he drops the wow. mic, we're like, what the fuck? And he got up and it like took us off the bus one at a time, like balancing us, choosing which person gets up. So the bus yeah. doesn't roll down the ravine. And if it rolled, it would have rolled like probably 20 feet, but like, that's a lot to be rolling in a fucking tour bus. Yeah. And like, like not off a cliff. It was like a, a, a slight roll, but it would have tumbled. But anyways, we got off, took a picture next to the bus. Like the front wheel is like up at my head. So it was like six feet off the ground. Holy shit. And uh, we're waiting out. There was two buses. So they squeezed everybody on the other bus just so we didn't freeze to death. Yeah. And we're waiting for a bus to come pick us up because they need to get us back and they're not getting this bus out of the ravine. Mm -hmm. Um, And all the buses were out on other tours with like paying customers. So they had to wait till they were done with their tours. And uh, they eventually came and got us. It's like probably three in the morning. And at like two in the morning, someone's like, oh, it's fucking out. Come look. And we came and look. We saw the Northern Lights for maybe like two and a half minutes. And it was fucking awesome. And Damn. the fact that it was like such a journey to see, it like made it all the more rewarding. Gratifying. And then yeah. like, it was just so awesome. I was like, I want to name my daughter Aurora after this. That's crazy. And then we got. Um, what year was that again? This was very recently. This was um, my daughter's one. Yeah. So it was I think it was 2018. Wow. Maybe 2019. I can't really remember. I don't remember you going there. I only went. It was like a three day trip. It was like I left on a Tuesday and I got home on a Friday. Yeah. So Iceland from New York is like five hours. It's like going to California, but the other way. Really? Yeah. It's not far at all. And it's number one uh, source of income is tourism. So like they do lots of cheap trips where. How much go, is it to fly there? That was expensive. Dude, I got to go for free. Oh. But uh, for you to go, it would be like 500 bucks for hotel flight and like your ho- everything. 
Oh, that's worth so. It. So I worked for this really shitty corporation, yeah. and every time you were like had perfect attendance, rather than giving you a raise or anything, they were like, "Oh, here's a bonus. Go or here's a points thing. Go on this website and pick a prize." Yeah. And it was like a new basketball hoop, a new bike. I was like, "This is fucking stupid. I don't need this shit." <laughs> so I worked there for two years. So I had a ton of points. Yeah. And I used all my points for a Groupon gift card. I got over a thousand dollars on Groupon, and then I they have like vacation getaways. Yeah. I um. I booked an Iceland trip all on my old company's dime. That's hilarious. Yeah. So I, you had a flat of Boston. So I went to, drove to Boston, saw my old homies for a couple of days. Yeah. Got on a plane, went to Iceland on a Tuesday on an overnight, you mm-hmm. get there like Wednesday morning. You're there all Wednesday, all Thursday, all Friday. And you fly out like Saturday morning or something. You just park your car at like a friend's house. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And uh, it was dope. Wow, and then my, my third kid is Dominic Casey, uh, Dominic after Dominic Hasek, the hockey player. Yeah. And Casey after the Menzinger song. Oh, dude, I love that song. Yeah, it's fucking... yeah, I forgot you're a huge Menzingers fan. Oh, yeah, man. Is your favorite song My Friend Kyle still? Oh, it's one of them. Yeah. I love that whole record. I know a lot yeah. of people don't like Rented World, but I think it's great. It's fantastic. Intermission. Dude, yeah. Ro- Rodent's like my favorite. Don't want to be an asshole. Rodent. Rodent's uh, the so talk good. is so good about yeah. quitting smoking, but you don't know it's about quitting smoking. You think it's yeah. about like an ex-girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, that whole record's great. And a lot of people think it's like past their peak. Um, yeah, but I, I would bullshit. argue that is their peak. I don't know. I re- I'm a huge fan of the one after it. Uh, after the party. After the party. I think it's okay. I think there's a couple bangers, and the new one it was okay. I think America is a great song, but overall, yeah, it's not. The not. One. It's not as good. Yeah, no. no. The other two are the best for sure. Mm-hmm. Actually, the first song I learned from them was "I Was Born." Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I got that on a, like a Warp Tour compilation. I was like, these guys fucking rule. Yeah, they're really good. You like Spanish love songs? I've heard them. Yeah, I've seen them actually. Yeah, they're good. They're tight. They kind of remind me of like people who argue that uh menzingers are past their prime i'm like well then check out spanish long songs yeah they're, they're, yeah they're blowing up right now in their prime and they're they kind of fill the void you're missing with old menzingers right. they toured with free throw i think yeah. yeah uh and i think they had a tour with heart attack man right before the pandemic hit they're yeah. supposed to play mohawk place yep i saw heart attack man right before covid too was that i don't that might have been the same tour was it the one with uh it might have even started but by the time it got to buffalo it, it had uh it was already done yeah it was done it was like a March, April tour. So you might have saw the beginning of it. I don't know. I think I did because I don't know. It might not have been with Hot Mulligan then. Oh, uh, yeah. I think they were on that. I don't listen to them, but I think uh, they were on that tour. Yeah, I saw them at Chain Reaction. Or you know what? I think Hot Mulligan dropped off and Heart Attack Man, Heart Attack Man took their spot, I think. Okay. But uh, I think it was the same tour. It was in promotion of the new record that like they didn't get the tour for. <laughs> Fake Blood? No, I'm sorry. I'm talking Spanish love songs. Spanish uh, love songs, yeah, yeah. Brave Faces, everyone? Yeah. No, I really regret not grabbing that uh, fake blood record when I was when I saw them. I got that. I like it. Pretty good. Yeah. yeah. They got a new one. They're working. They're in the studio right now. I think. Oh yeah, probably. Putting a third one out. No, they're a good band. Really good live set. Yeah, they're tight. And, did, did I see them with you? at uh, Sugar City. I don't. I don't know. Did where are they? And I saw them at. We Tom- saw. We saw. We saw Mom Jeans. We saw Kississippi, which. Oh, with Prince Daddy. Prince Daddy and Dif- Hyannis. Different show. Uh, Mo- at uh, uh, Sugar City. Yeah, Prince, I want to. I don't think I ever saw Heart Attack Man. Until that other one. And I saw them at Mohawk. They opened for, I want to say, Get Up Kids. Oh, or Movie Life, maybe. You're a few years over here. Yeah. Soupy's favorite band. Yeah, they're fucking amazing. They Like I was saying, that's how I got into like Wonder Years from like liking that kind of stuff. Yeah. Actually, there's... Oh, dude, I, I'm pretty sure Get Up Kids is playing this. There's a big show coming in um, October, right before when I'll be coming back here. Um, and I think it's like Taking Back Sunday... <sighs> I don't know. I got to remember the bands. Jimmy Eat World, Taking Back Sunday, maybe Cartel. There was like a lot of good bands, though, like from way back in the day, and, and the other band was on it. Very cool. Um, so what's it like being married? 
that's the hardest thing I've ever done. That's the hardest thing. Yeah. I mean, you're with someone for so long, you know, it's, it becomes mundane and you have to make sure it's not, you have, it's a, it's a job to make sure it's still special every day. Yeah. And, uh, having three kids puts a lot of weight on your back Mm -hmm. and I have a very untraditional, uh, I don't want to say living situation, I guess. Like my, my wife is the breadwinner and my wife works remote yeah, uh, full time. And I stay at home with my kids and run uh, kind of hobby businesses from home. Yeah. Um, that's very stressful. Uh, you know, it's really, really hard, but I've been with Brandy 13 years and, you know, we fight and we talk about splitting up, but like, I really couldn't see myself with anyone else. Like I, yeah, I don't think we ever actually will split up. We just have to make it through, you know? Yeah. You guys, you but guys are definitely it's great. for like, each other. Yeah. Anybody who knows me, knows it's me and brandy like 100 hey, it's i have very few friends who have known me longer than they've known brandy like i've been brandy yeah. almost 14 years i think almost 13 years yeah i, I was 18 i'm 32 now yeah i can't picture that ever ending or 19 yeah. I, don't I don't even know it's been so long <laughs> and you guys are both really good parents yeah thanks man i bear the witness thanks so uh you were one of the rare ones that have the fancy hairstyle known as the dreads what's it like taking oh, yeah. care of those puppies uh it it's funny because I started my dreads thinking like, oh, I'll just never brush my hair again. I'll get dreads and it'll be awesome. Yeah. And it's the opposite. It's like the most maintenance I've ever had for a haircut. Yeah. Um, just starting them in general was extremely difficult and yeah. maintaining them is painful and difficult and cleaning them is painful and difficult. And it sounds like hell. It is fucking hell. But I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm committed now. There's no turning back. So I'm, I'm about four years in. Uh, I did it naturally. So like no four years strong excuse me uh, i don't know what four years strong means what was that you mean? said four years in so i said four years strong oh yeah yeah yeah. so yeah <laughs> i'm four years in i did it like early 2017 um i did it naturally so like no a lot of people use like glues and honeys to hold them together but like what? that yeah it's like kind of a cheater way like you can go from normal hair to dreads in a day but mm. uh that also can lead to mold and like really gross things in your hair and, and it probably doesn't look as good and wax is a big one um it looks decent but um, if you're going to have dreads long term, you probably shouldn't cheat it. Just do it naturally. But the flip side is, I mean, my dreads are four years deep and I still have like some some that are like kind of not super tight at the end, like like this one. Wow. Um, they all look like this for years and it, it's a long, long, long process. Uh, but I, I wanted them to look good. Uh, I got a buddy who's had dreads 10 years. He gave me some pointers. Um, and yeah, you know, I'm four years in now. I clean them once a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my hair feels like fucking three times the weight it's just a sponge and it absorbs all the water and then you wring them out and i get a headache and i pretty much just cash out for the night like i do it mondays i try to take a late shower at like seven eight at night and then i just sit on the couch for an hour because my head is just so heavy for the rest of the night yeah because you can't dry them right you can but it, it the, ruins it well the problem with you know i haven't cut my hair since 2012 so like this hair is yeah. fucking nine years old so like wow think about blow drying that <laughs> once a week for nine years it's fucking hundreds of times you're going to kill your hair and it's going to yeah. become brittle and break off. So if you want longevity and you want these to last hair dryers are not a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, mold is not a good idea either. So you don't want them to be super wet. So I wring them out and then I put them in a towel and I just kind of sit on the couch, watch some TV and go to bed. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> but it's cool. I mean, I've had them four years now. They're heavy as fuck, but like I've been told when you cut them, your head feels like a balloon. Cause it's just like you slowly gain all the weight. So you don't notice it. And then you take all the weight away at once and it just feels amazing. But uh, yeah. I don't know. I've never cut them. So, Wow. When do you think you'll ever get rid of them? I don't know. I don't really have a reason to. Um, yeah. You know, I don't have a job that it matters for and I yeah. don't, my wife doesn't care. I don't, I'm married. I don't give a fuck what people think of me. Like yeah. my kids don't care. Like, you know, I don't have a reason to. So probably 
don't know. My buddy says his like drag on the ground when he sits down, like mm-hmm. they're long enough to where he sits in a chair, they'll hit the ground. Oh yeah. So like that, that seems like a problem. Um, so maybe at least trim them. I there. would probably trim them. He says he's terrified to bring scissors to his. He did his after high school. So he did his probably 15, 16 years ago. Why would he be terrified? I just, you don't know, like you're going to loosen them up and who knows if they just fall apart at that point. I don't know. Uh, um, he just doesn't want to cut his, but I probably would cut mine if they were dragging on the ground. Yeah. You, mine are, mine are down to like a little above my belly button. So like I got time before that happens. We had this poor guy in Williamsville. Uh, I don't know if you know who this is. Uh, Larry. I heard about him when he died, but yeah. I, did, I didn't know him though. Yeah. Um, I don't, would you call that dreads when his hair is so long that it's like touching the ground? I mean, it wasn't really dreads. It was just like, I don't know what that was. Yeah. I don't it, know. It just looked like we called him beaver tail. Yeah. And it, it like Matt, so having real dreads, yeah. you have to pull it apart. So it doesn't happen like that. Cause naturally yeah. they all want to go together or you get like Bob Marley or like the singer of bad brains where they have like three giant dreads. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's like, that guy didn't want dreads. His hair just naturally matted together. Yeah. Me having all these separate dreads, I got to rip them apart when they start to do that. It fucking hurts. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. Rest in peace, Larry, though. He died. Uh, was he in like a, he was like sleeping at a bus stop and it was like too cold and he like froze to death. Yeah. That's a tough life, man. That sucks. And it sucked because I heard like he homeless, right? He was homeless. But I heard when I was younger, I was like um, that he came from a rich family, apparently. And like they wanted to help him the whole time, but I think he just had like a mental illness where he just didn't want anybody's help and he wanted to be homeless. Yeah, man, mental illness illness mixed with like drug abuse is a fucking deadly it's combo. It's so scary. You know, that's how you get homeless and yeah, all your ducks start falling out of rows. So I guess that perfectly goes into our next question. Uh, what made you become straight edge? Uh, my mom was like super chill about everything growing up. Mm-hmm. Like I had girls sleeping over at like 14. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I got expelled from school. And later that day I went to a concert. Uh, she, there was no rules in my house. Like my Mm. parents broke up when I was 11, super sloppy divorce that lasted a few years. And my mom was so tied up with that. She didn't care about, I'm the oldest of the kids. So like, I was just doing whatever the fuck I wanted. But the one rule was like, don't do drugs. So I kind of respected it because it was like, there's no rules other than this. My mom, uh, brother, was a heroin addict before I was born, uh, committed suicide, killed his girlfriend, mm. killed himself. What? So like, yeah, it was fucking nasty, man. He shot himself in the head. He shot his wife in the head or his girlfriend in the head. My grandpa found him. Oh my God. So my, it really fucked my mom up. So my mom was like, I don't want my kids ever doing drugs. So I was raised like weed is like the fucking antichrist. Like you don't yeah. want to fuck with anything. Yeah. My parents didn't drink. There wasn't alcohol in my house. So I just, I never really gravitated towards it because I, my mom yeah. was serious about it. And I was like, oh, well, she's not serious about anything else. So this shit must be pretty serious. Mm-hmm. As I got older, I realized like it's not that serious if you smoke weed, whatever. But I mean, I've gone this long without doing it. I don't, I'm not going to start now, but I don't even drink caffeine or anything. Like I, I, yeah. I can remember the last time I took like an Advil and it was when I had my wisdom teeth out. Like I don't, I don't take drugs at all. And mm-hmm. you know, that was huge in music. Like I was saying H2O, AFI and you know, going in punk rock, trying to relate to like stuff like no effects. I was like, I don't, I can't really relate to getting fucked up. Like this doesn't apply to me. So then when I found out about like AFI and stuff and like, not so much AFI because David Havoc straight edge, but they don't really sing about it, but like more so H2O. Cause they like sing about it. I was like, Whoa, there's like punk yeah. dudes out there who like don't get fucked up. Like this is cool. Yeah. And I got into it, you know, at the time, a lot of my friends were into it. Most of them let it go, but I just stuck with it. Yeah. I've been straight edge my whole life. I don't, I don't really like walk around saying I'm straight edge. I just, yeah. See that's I, I am. I don't, I just don't, do that kind of stuff you know exactly yeah it is what it is like i some of my best friends smoke weed every day my brother smokes weed 10 times a day yeah we go camping and everyone's getting high except for me but like 
it's just not my thing you know yeah no, they don't give sure. me shit i don't give them shit like it's just kind of like you do you i'll do me oh i can't stand that either dude I, i'm pretty i'm pretty straight edge too i don't i don't drink i don't do drugs and i i really i am straight edge like let's be honest um it's just like if somebody offers me a drink to try or something like i'll try it but i also i also uh hate the taste of fizz so my whole life i never drank pop or anything so i like root beer um yeah but i don't know i don't i don't really i just hate i, I have weird taste buds yeah, so, I'm not a huge soda guy. I mean, I drink like really good soda. Like yeah. that's kind of my thing. Like I'll go grocery shopping. I'll get like some nice expensive craft soda. That's all yeah. like cane sugar, not even cane sugar. Just I don't like the corn syrup, cheap shit. Yeah. So I'll buy like a four pack of like Virgil's root beer. That's like six bucks and they're just a little fancier. And I like to, like when we watch Joe Bob, I'll, I'll crack one of those. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, so you're a massive record collector and you're you've got a big Nintendo collection. Uh, when did you wake up and decide to be a hoarder of excellence? <laughs> I think it's like in your genes. I think you either collect or you don't like my wife doesn't get it. She thinks it's hoarding mm -hmm. and she doesn't collect anything. And I just collect tons of shit. Like I, I try to keep it in check, but I mean, at some point in my life, I've collected CDs, DVDs, Blu-rays, Funkos, yeah. uh, Nintendo, every generation, my whole life records. Yeah. Now it's just records in Nintendo, mm -hmm. but um, I just, I don't know. It's always, I've always been a collector of things and uh, I really like records. You know, I just gravitated mm -hmm. to I love music. So yeah, I, I like records way more than CDs. So yeah. I just collect records and Nintendo has just always been my thing. So I like to have physical copies of my games and look at my collection. And I don't know. How long do records honestly last? I've always wondered this. I don't know. I've never worn a record out. I'm sure it depends on yeah. your equipment and stuff. Um, I mean, I collect more than I listen. Like I, I listen yeah. to records two three times a month like i got, I got kids running around yeah. they can't they put their hands on them and shit like i don't want that so i can only really listen to my records when my kids are at my mom's house or something oh, watching them. Time, yeah. but i listen to my ipod or my phone or something all day like i might i probably listen to 10 albums a day but wow but i i don't listen to 10 physical records but i don't know i don't know as long as you take care of them i mean i've got records from the 70s that still sound great yeah did you ever get arrested for anything <laughs> um not as an adult no i i cleaned up I, I was a punk ass kid. Like I said, my parents got divorced <laughs> and I was getting in a lot of trouble when I was a kid, um, you know, riding my bike to my girlfriend's house and sneaking in at two in the morning to fuck my girlfriend and then sneaking out at 6am and I woke up, there was cops all around me. What? Um, I pranked my principal once and they tracked it down to me. Wait, what? Whoa, 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 what? Yeah. Like I've I, never heard of this one. So, well, I pranked my principal and they found out it was me. I got in trouble for that. But one time, I got so when I was like 12, you know what ghost riding the whip is? Probably. Tell so, me. So when you were like, remember like mongoose bikes with like pegs? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You used to jump off your bike, run next to it, get on the pegs, and jump back on. And that was called ghost riding the whip. It was like a trick the boys were doing. I remember that when I was like 10. Yeah. I was doing that in the church parking lot by my house and I did not get back on a time. Uh, I broke oh, no. a hinge off a door on a on the church it fell off and fucking shattered and i panicked oh. i didn't know what to do so i got on my bike i ran home and uh there was a girl working in there oh no who saw turned me in the cop showed up at my house had to do community service got banned from the church really well, fast forward like five six years remember aim yeah so yeah, i was yeah, on yeah, aol yeah. instant messenger oh, fuck yeah it's at my friend's house on her account and i was like oh who's this who's this who's this that's hilarious and she was like oh that's so and so i was like oh that fucking oh i hate that girl she yeah. got <laughs> she got me in trouble when i was like 10 years old yeah. and i was like i just fucked with her i was like this is satan i'm gonna burn your house down <laughs> just like being a fucking stupid idiot yeah 
went home the next day or maybe even later that day, the fucking FBI calls me What on my house phone. I don't have a cell phone. They're like, oh, this is the FBI. It's Carl Tedesco here. I was like, fuck you. I hung up. They called me back. Fuck you. I went back to play N64. Oh, my fucking God. like straight up men in black dudes show up at my house. No way. And they were like, we're going to wait for your parents to come home. What? It turns out that girl's mom worked at the border. So she's technically oh, worked for the FBI. Yeah. This was right after 9-11. So like <laughs> they didn't take uh, threatening an FBI agent lightly. No, so I didn't mean to do that. But apparently telling someone you're going to burn their house down. That's what it turned out. So I had to go to probation. I had I was like, I didn't get an ankle bracelet, but I had a meeting. You were with, so young, though. What? I was like 16, 15, 14. That's I don't even bullshit. Yeah, it's stupid. That's but they fuck. Yeah. And I got in a lot of dumb trouble like that when I was a kid. I never yeah. nothing serious. I turned 18. And I was like, I can't be doing this. I can't go to jail. Like I stopped doing dumb shit. Dude, that's funny. You say that, though. Um, I got a funny story. The guy actually that I went to have lunch with today, my friend Charlie, um, when he was younger. Do you remember LimeWire? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we used to burn tons of music off of LimeWire um, and FrostWire. But anyways, LimeWire, he was burning a bunch of albums one day and apparently he burned some child pornography by accident. And he was like 12 years old at the time. So, yeah, accidentally. I don't know if you remember, but like that, that shit would happen to me, too. Not like pornography, but like I definitely had like nudes and shit. I don't I didn't not use LimeWire too much. I don't I didn't know how that worked. I didn't have like child nudes get downloaded, but there would always be like a sexy like screensaver that would like download and all this weird shit. Um, but well, yeah, I just heard about this a couple of years ago. And uh, apparently the FBI like raided his house and like Jesus. seized all their computers and they thought his dad was like a fucking child porn kingpin <laughs> Fuck. did he end up going to jail and no because he was 12 years old and right. uh no the dad obviously not um yeah but they seized scary. all the computers and yeah like i guess it went on for a bit so moral of the story don't use the lime wire yeah it's bad shit on it i mean i don't know i had I had really good memories with that myself i did it like once i think i did it at school i think we like downloaded really? the lime wire in like the computer lab and downloaded yeah. like a couple songs yeah but I don't really remember. I didn't like have LimeWire on my computer. Yeah. Oh, I definitely did. Yeah, I was bad about that. I would I would always just download so many albums, like even shit that I didn't even listen to. I, I just... had like 500 CDs. Like I liked buying CDs. Yeah. Oh yeah, me too. I would just go buy a CD if I liked the song. No, for sure. Me too. And that was kind of like before the internet. Like if you liked one song and you wanted to hear the rest, you had to go buy the record. Yeah, I feel like I just felt like a juvenile delinquent, and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. I just press this button here, and it just comes to my computer. And then I just transfer it over here to my iPad. I was like super late to get an iPod. Yeah. Like I still rocked CDs for a long, long time. What was your first iPad or iPod? Like a Nano? No, I had the scroll one. The shuffle? Uh, no, it was like a full one with like a the scroll button. Oh, the big, oh, the bigger one. Yeah. Like the regular one. Mm-hmm. And then I, I had that for a long time. And then uh, not too long ago, maybe like two, three years ago, I, I just my iPod was dying. My phone was dying. And I just got like a big phone that has like 80 gigs for music or 160 gigs or something. What was the one that had like a lot of gigs, like iPod classic? I think that's what I had. I don't, I don't know. It would like click. Big fat spun one. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I had a friend that had that. Um, so sweet. Uh, we got like this little speed round that I put at the end of every episode. So I just ask you a lot of bullshit questions and you just answer them pretty much. So what's your uh, favorite horror movie? Uh, probably Halloween. Dude, same. Halloween. It, it goes back 100%. and forth. It's like Texas Chainsaw, Shining, Halloween. But if I had to pick one right now, it's Halloween. Yeah. Do you have any uh, reason behind that? I just saw it growing up. I loved it. Yeah. Um, it's just it still holds up today. John mm-hmm. Carpenter rules. The score rules. I uh, everything about it. Yeah. I, I I used to rent that from the library here, and uh, I just would consistently every time I went to the library, I'd fucking rent it until I ended up buying it. 
and that's pretty much what sparked the whole horror collection and yeah i, I owe everything to halloween honestly it's great so pop punk or classic rock oh i don't know pop punk has such a bad rep now <laughs> you know what i mean it's almost i'm like embarrassed to say i like pop punk really oh man i'll always love pop punk i like pop punk till i die and, and i love both of those so much i guess pop yeah. punk i mean i'm i started a record label based off pop punk, slash yeah. pop punk i can't not i can't say classic rock to this answer but yeah. i love them both 500 bucks anyways favorite rob zombie movie uh lords of salem dude i fucking love it yeah, it's great. Such a unique film. Yeah. And I was living in Boston. I was working in Salem when it came out. And I'm like, oh, I fucking pass that every day. Oh, damn. I didn't realize that. Yeah, it was, it was cool. That was the first gig I had when I moved to Boston. I got a job in Salem. And uh, I recognized a ton of those filming locations. Hilarious that you say that. I'm the, actually the only person that shot a filming locations video for Lords of Salem. It's on YouTube. So maybe you're familiar. There's a plaza that yeah. has like a Target and like a PetSmart and stuff. Uh, my first job when I moved to Boston was, uh, was a vet tech at Banfield which was in that plaza. It's what, like, what, what location was that though? Salem. Yeah. But we, <laughs> what, what location from the movie was, Oh, that isn't in the movie. Oh, it's not. I'm just okay. saying like, that's where I worked. Oh, I, then I, possibly. Yeah. I recognized like all the locations that were in the movie. Yeah. No. Yeah. There weren't, there weren't like a ton of locations. No. But... And like, that's all on the historical strip, like the old roads mm -hmm. and stuff. I worked like Salem's actually like a lot more than people like touristy. It's like kind of, oh, it's big. It's run down and there's like just a suburban area yeah. of it. That's where I worked. Yeah. No, Salem, but it's two minutes away from all that stuff. It's a good time. Yeah, it's fun. Dude, Proctor's Ledge is a very eerie place to be. I don't know that. Proctor's Ledge is where the, the witches were hung. Okay, that's not Salem. That's probably Peabody. Yeah, I thought it was, I'm pretty sure it's Salem. So, so technically, I mean, not to be all anal, but like the witches weren't hung in Salem. Like a lot of that was done in Peabody. And is that like right on the outskirts then? It's like the suburb next to it. Yeah, okay. Well, that's like where the, the judge lived and like where a lot in Dan I see. Danvers. Yeah. A lot of the stuff happened in Danvers and Peabody. And then Salem gets all the credit and all the tourist attraction. But like, that's uh, funny. A lot of those stuff. I don't know that spot. But yeah, I went to the hill and it's it's weird because there's like these new apartment buildings all growing up around it now. But um, yeah, dude, it's just a little little tiny hill right in front of like a fucking woods. Cool. And it's just a weird, eerie feeling knowing that all the witches were hung right there. Yeah, that is that's it strange. was creepy. And I, I, to this day, I still kind of want to make a movie on that. I know there's been a lot of movies on Salem and stuff. But I feel like there's got to be like a more direct like one on the witches themselves that got hung. And I feel like that'd be kind of an interesting movie. Maybe like A24 puts it out. Cool. So uh, Warp Tour or A Day at the Beach? Oh, probably Warp Tour. Hell yeah. Would you rather eat a hot dog or, or go skydiving naked? I would skydive naked willingly. I would love to do that. Yeah, that'd be actually pretty. That would <laughs> feel I, really good. I don't want to eat a hot dog. So definitely skydiving. Speaking of skydiving naked, did you see the Steve-O documentary? Not uh, gnarly. No. He literally skydives naked and jerks off out of the plane and he climaxes as he's jumping out i would not jerk off i don't have any fetish reasons i just think that would feel good like the breeze blowing through my naked body exactly i, I don't know why he even did that but it was pretty epic and but i would there's definitely footage. skydive yeah <laughs> dude i actually i still have skydiving tickets or I, I have a deposit down i've never done it i'd love to dude really yeah if you ever come out to california i know that probably won't be anytime soon but <laughs> i have tickets or a deposit for two tickets my dad was supposed to come last march or yeah last march right as COVID hit and canceled his whole trip. We were supposed to go skydiving on April 3rd. So yeah. over a year ago. And Have you ever done it? I never did. Me neither. And neither did he. And he was supposed to go when he was a kid or you know younger, like in his 20s. And he went with a, he was going to go with a group of like eight people and they all fucking bailed. Bummer. So yeah. Grape jelly or strawberry jelly? Neither, man. I'm not a jelly guy. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't like jelly at all hilarious it just tastes like chemicals yeah. maybe it's just the kind i buy but i don't yeah. like i don't like jelly at all favorite character from the mario games 
Oh, it's got to be Mario. You got a Mario tattoo? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Good. Good answer. My son loves Luigi. Yeah, I mean they're all good. Yeah. He was Luigi for Halloween. Yeah. He pretends to be Gigi as he calls him every day. Gigi. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, biggest regret. I don't know, man. Um, you could say no. None. Well, I just know because I was talking about this the other day. Uh, there's like this contest on Instagram right now where you have to post your no effects collection. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was thinking about all the holes I'm missing because I never bought that box set. Because mm-hmm. when it came out, it was 200 bucks. I'm like, that's too much money for a fucking box set. Now it goes for like a thousand. Yeah. And I always regret not buying that. But that doesn't like keep me up at night. It's not mm-hmm. like a life regret, but it's just fresh on my mind right now. Mm-hmm. I, I do regret not buying that box set. Don't call me why. It was all their albums up until mm-hmm. whenever that came out, like maybe 2014, 2013. Wow. And it was 200 bucks. It's like it came to like 15 an album, but I was like, 200 bucks? Like, that's a lot of money for records. Yeah, that's hilarious. I didn't buy it. And I didn't have any of those on vinyl at the time. So, because I had all those on CD, I never really rebought them on vinyl. Mm-hmm. Now I've slowly replaced my CD collection with records. Yeah. And I don't have any of the no effects classic records because I'm like, one day I'm going to buy this box set. So I don't want to like double dip on them. Did you snag that MXPX one? No, I don't like MXPX. No? I like like one of their records. Okay. Not enough to spend $500 on that fucking set. Was that how much it was? Yeah, it was fucking stupid expensive. What? Yeah. That's and like retarded. their career is like garbage, like halfway in. So like they've is got it? like four or five good albums and like five or six terrible albums that I would never put on. Wow. Uh, no, I did not buy that. And it's sold out quick. I can't believe people paid oh, that. Oh, people were freaking out about it. I mean, yeah. they've been a band for close to 30 years. People yeah. all over the world know them. Mm. They've been through all the waves of pop punk and they're still... I mean, they got some hits like yeah um, no there's a good song rock show is great um i can't think of them right now what's but... the one with the bully on the cover i don't know that's... like the cartoon guy yeah he's on like all the covers that's yeah. like their mascot yeah that's pretty good so favorite green day song um i mean i don't know Fav- I, I really like nice guys finish last oh yeah um nimrod was kind of what got me into them yep um same i like minority a lot Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd go Nice Guys Finish Last. Would you say Nimrod's your favorite album by them? Yeah, probably. Yeah, uh, I mean Dookie's great. Uh, I like Warning a lot too. But uh, mm-hmm. Nimrod came out. I think I was in fifth grade, mm-hmm. and I like bought the CD. I remember riding my bike to Kmart and getting the CD mm-hmm. with like rolled coins. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just really heavily impacted who I am today. I love that record. The Grouch is such a banger. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> I love that song. Yeah, the whole song's good. And uh, oh, Kerplunk. Is that the one that's like, I was a young boy? Yeah. I don't know titles. I just know the whole, yeah. I could sing every song, every lyric to every now song. I'm just another shitty, shitty old, old man. man. <laughs> but I don't know uh, titles. Hilarious. Kerplunk's a fucking great album. Too. Yeah, there's an Op Ivy cover on there. That's his favorite album, uh, Billy Joe's. Really? Personally. I just went and saw them uh, maybe th- three years ago, like, like a year before COVID hit. Yeah. So too, and uh, they played the Op Ivy cover. Mm-hmm. It was just weird to see him at Darien Lake, like, you know. They, oh, I wanted to go to that. Yeah. It was cheap. I got like lawn seats for twenty bucks. I went with the Worth kid. It. My first concert was Blink and Green Day in eighth grade. Yeah, and I went with that kid. Like we hadn't talked for a long time. Wow. He got clean, sober, and he was like looking for people to hang out. With. I was like, dude, I'd love to hang out and like catch up. And I was like, yo, we should go see Green Day. Like mm-hmm. we went and saw Green Day together like 20 years ago. We went. They played fucking Op Ivy. I was like, this is so awesome. Like mm-hmm. it just felt like I was 12 again. I was actually talking about this on my last episode. Uh, I choked on an ice cube before seeing Green Day, uh, the American Idiot. I think you told me this once. I probably did. I tell everybody the same. <laughs> you were like shit. chewing on ice. I was at, chewing like, an arena or something. No, I, I was. We were about to go watch them at HSBC Arena, and I I was at one of the restaurants right there, um, probably the Pearl Street or whatever. I don't know. And uh, yeah, it just slipped down my throat, and I was just like, <laughs> and then you know, I got under the table. I was like freaking out, and I was like. 
shit. This was like, I was like nine and, uh, yeah, it just eventually melted. I mean, I think ice is the best thing to choke on. Cause it, it eventually melts. Yeah. If you're going to choke, I mean, should choke on ice, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so hereditary or midsummer. Oh, hereditary. Yeah. Hands down. Hell yeah. Hered- hereditary is like one of the best movies of the past couple of years. Midsummer yeah. is like pretty good. Yeah, it's like a decent follow-up. Midsummer was kind of dog shit when I saw it the first time, and then I I had to give it a it's couple more chances. It's long and it's got some slow parts where it's just like, what are we it's, doing? It's pretty tedious at times, but I like it. I'm not hating yeah. on it at all. I like it a lot. Yeah. But Hereditary is like on another level. I fucking love that movie. Yeah, I Hereditary like, didn't take any extra watches. I, I watch so many movies that it's rare that I go back and rewatch stuff. Mm-hmm. That's one I was like, I gotta watch this again. Like I like yeah. it. Get Out, Hereditary. Those are like. It follows a couple, the witch yeah. that like in the past decade, like really stood out as like, I'm going to remember these in 30 years movies. The witch was fantastic too. Yeah, I love it. And Ari Aster starts shooting, uh, not next month because today's April still June. He shoots with Joaquin Phoenix on that new, I think it's the four and a half hour dark comedy he's doing. Oh, weird. I'm pretty sure. So his next movie is not a horror movie. I think it's a dark comedy. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. I would really love to see another horror movie. From I him. mean, it probably will be pretty horrifying regardless. I didn't even know he was doing something, but I'm kind of bummed it's not horror. Yeah. So I heard the dude who did The Witch is doing Nosferatu. Uh, Robert Eggers. Yeah. Yeah. That will be fucking awesome. Dude, fuck yeah, dude. I hope that's actually comes out. Hopefully it's terrifying. I mean, Nosferatu is a pretty freakish character. I love it. I love that classic universal stuff. I love Nosferatu. Wow. Speaking of that, dude, is that turning 100 next year? It wasn't it like 1922. I don't know. Wow. Sounds years. about right. It was wild. before Universal Monsters, and those are like the 30s and 40s. So yeah, that adds up. Yeah, everybody talks so much shit on horror, and that's like the very beginning of cinema. Like literally, horror was like right at the start. Yeah, it's a classic. Favorite thing? Uh, favorite Stephen King movie? Um, I like the It for TV a lot. Like the Tim Curry one. Mm-hmm. Um, Hell yeah! I'm Love trying it. to think. There's not a lot of good ones. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you consider The Shining Stephen King or Stanley Kubrick? The Shining no, Stanley Kubrick. Okay, then. If The Shining counts, it's definitely The Shining, but I don't really think it counts. Well, I mean, yeah, that, yeah, I guess it's not that's really, such a hard question. Yeah, he like totally changed it. So Stephen King hates. This was it. a dumb question. Wow, <laughs> I didn't realize that. I should have said Stephen King adaptations. It, um, then I guess technically it's The Shining. Yeah, The Shining kicks fucking ass, dude. You know Stephen King doesn't even like that movie. He hates right? it. He fucking hates it. It's totally it. different. I've never read the book, so I heard it's totally different. You know what? That's still a scumbag thing to do, though. I feel hmm. like like even if the guy changed your story a little bit or whatever, he still made a amazing movie and he's such kinda, a it's well, kind of a scumbag thing to take someone else's thing and totally change it yeah i mean they're i both, don't really know what the, is so different i i really i've never read the book i didn't either but so like, i don't know if they're both pieces of art on their own they're both incredible in their own ways i'm sure yeah. the book's great i just haven't got around to it i don't my reading time is limited and that's a big ass book that's a big ass book but jack nicholson's performance is it's great so good it's great i've read a ton of stephen king i just i never got around to that one it's on my list for sure pet cemetery is the only one i read and i didn't read the whole thing i started it I haven't. I read Salem's Lot. I read all the Bachman books, which oh, are his like yeah. alternative name. I read a little of what's the one about the uh, the stand. I read a little the of stand. stand. Desperado. Did you ever see Stephen King's movie uh, Maximum Overdrive? Yeah, it's silly. Silly. I don't like it. No, <laughs> it's stupid. It's kind of enjoyable now, but I think it's just starting to come around to be like that cult. I saw it once. I was Bullshit. like, yeah, this is dumb. It's pretty fucking dumb. I mean, I would like to watch it with a group of people and That's have popcorn and laugh. But exactly. Watching it on my own on VHS as a kid, I was like, I don't. This is not scary. It's just dumb. just rather watch Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> ACDC or Kiss? ACDC. Definitely. Kiss is kind of like silly. They're fun, but like ACDC is phenomenal. <laughs> the, the Beatles or the Rolling Stones? Uh, the Beatles. Yeah. Rap or country? Rap. I don't fuck with country at all. <laughs> Bills or Sabres? Sabres. Favorite Nintendo game? 
uh, Mario 64 or Resident Evil 4. I, I don't know if you consider that Nintendo, but yeah, it started on Nintendo. Favorite season? Probably winter. Favorite holiday? Christmas. Uh, Halloween. Halloween. Yeah, I was going to say. But I do like Christmas a lot, too. Same. I'm the same way. So how can people find you? Uh, I mean, my label is brokenrimrecords.com. And mm-hmm. from there, you got all the socials, Twitter, whatever, Bandcamp, YouTube, mm-hmm. Facebook. And then my hockey league is brokenstickshockey.com. Uh, and again, all my links are on there. And if somebody wants to put out a record with you, it's just got to drop in your lap. Yeah. I mean, I haven't put a record out in four years now. Yeah. I'm kind of focused on the league and being a dad, but exactly. um, I haven't officially hung it up. You know, if I found the right thing, I'd think about it. Hell yeah. Very cool. Well, this was fun. Yeah, Thanks so sure. much for doing Thanks this. Thanks for having me, man. Hell yeah. Well, we're going to go watch some Joe Bob. Yeah. Sounds good. Hell yeah. Take All care. Right. We'll have you on again. All right. See you, man. See you, buddy. Eerie Productions presents Flight World, America's Screen Park, in its new location in the Northtown Plaza on Sheridan near Niagara Falls Boulevard. For info, call 881-FEAR or visit hauntedbuffalo.com with five devastatingly unique houses at one low price. Carnival in 3D, House of the Dead, Return of a Mummy's Curse, Wicked Woods, and new for this year, Phobias. What are you waiting for? Scared? Questions in the